Hey guys, Scala here reminding you to tune in to You're Not Alone on Friday, March 11th at 5 p.m. We're going to be marathoning Final Fantasy IX with all donations going to Transgender Michigan. So whether you're in a schedule, in the LB Army, or just a fan of FF9, tune in at twitch.tv slash limitbreakradio. This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Evelyn Evermore of Sargentanis, Borb the Sword of Sargentanis, and Ira Zeno of Ragnarok. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. The comedy stars. Escalia. No high five for you. And Mika. Guys only care about women in revealing medieval clothing who take it up the back door. LimitBreakRadio.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Episode number 54, and we are excited to be here live on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love for you to call this week. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Let's get those callers all lined up and ready to go. We're going to be talking about the 3.2 story. Spoiler time? Spoiler time. Oh, spoilers. Right here, right at the top, just so you know, it's spoiler time, baby. So, you know, if don't you haven't... If you don't want that. Yeah, if you haven't done it yet, which, I mean... Come on, drop the three hours. Seriously. Uh, all right, so... Uh, this is it really that much to spoil about it? Well... A little bit. I mean, there is. Yeah, there is. There's like two big spoilers in this. I feel like we can. And a lot of speculation. I feel like we kind of already dropped some of the <laughs> some hits about it in spoiler form last week. So. Well, I mean, no, we we did. Really. We I, I don't know. I we we danced around some 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 things, but I don't know. There there are are a couple of plot points that I'm excited to talk about with you guys today. Uh, we'd love to again hear from you as well. Get involved with Limit Break Radio. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Kooky Persona will uh, be answering the phones today. And, uh, you know, it, it, thank thank you, Kooky, for everything that you do for Limit Break Radio. Of course, we uh, moved up uh, Kooky to uh, producer, producer status. status. Yep, Rapidly uh, promoted executive. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, joining us this week, we've got, of course, Juxtaposition. What's going on, man? How's it going, everybody? Uh, we've got Escalia. It's so empty in here. I know. And what is with this room? We've And we've got Nika. How, how's it going, Nika? Hi. Uh, so we we are, of, of course, missing uh, a, a Kahlo Landis 
and uh, Papa Woody. Uh, unfortunately, our intern Papa Woody. That is actually really depressing. Is sick. I've been going through a lot of Mountain Dew as of recently, and he just pulls. He's really good at getting. I, Mountain I Dew. know. I, I <laughs> like. I don't know what I'm gonna do. With him not being here, I'm quite thirsty and my tea's almost you, gone. Yeah, you guys have both already got your drinks down to like next to nothing. I know, you it's a not, problem. You did not ration that out. No, well. And no. you know what? The first week that Papa isn't here, we don't have food in the studio. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing that's ever happened to LVR. <laughs> I blame you, Papa. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? We got an extra long day today. We're doing LBR and FEC. <laughs> Comcast permitting. Comcast, that's right. Yeah. It, it, okay, so for the last two days, uh, I've been having, like, like, like aneurysm-inducing problems with, with Comcast, and, uh, you know... It's I, 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 I hope that we're going to be able to do these two live shows today. We had a hiccup right before the show started. It doesn't I don't know. It doesn't instill a lot of a lot of faith in me. Like, I'm not I don't know. There's no I'm, confidence. I'm, yeah, no confidence. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Being in contact with you, like in direct contact with you when you're having any kind of problem that might interfere with doing the show is a very scary thing. Like, I'm glancing at my phone last night as you're having internet issues and just like, oh, and there it goes. Wow. <laughs> Are you shitting me? Wait, seriously? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, Why do it's I hear Nika? Yeah. You still have me though. Well, oh, you're coming through like you're, you're talking through a garbage look can. Look at that. Look at un unfucking believable. Wow. Comcast. What did we make it to? Five minutes? Seriously. What the hell is wrong with you? Wow. Oh, uh, it's gonna be one of those days. It is gonna be one of those days. So honestly, guys, if uh, okay, cookie said refreshing brings us back. So yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, it's, back up. yeah, yeah. We, we, we just we, blinked. Yeah, we we blinked there. But if it uh, if it goes down, like goes down, goes down, or if it be, if it's spotty the entire time, what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to uh, reschedule final countercast because. Uh, there's no way that we could, you know, be able to even maintain the scene or or anything. There's just no way to be able to do that show uh, without internet. Yeah, like L LBR has gotten to the point where we are mostly reliant on having internet, but we could at least finish the show if we had to. FEC, yeah, there's exactly. no way. Exactly. Yeah, we would be screwed. Like half for our FEC. news segment would be undoable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, uh, uh, starting, I don't, I, I, we had we had said I think we wanted to start this episode, uh, but we wanted to uh, uh, start taking your calls on Discord as well. Uh, so, make sure, yeah, make sure Chuck's to go sign on to Discord, uh, and then also uh, make sure that we're in the on air room. That's where we yeah, need to be. Yeah, okay. do that. Thanks for the heads up on that one, Nero. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> sorry about that. I forgot. I worked that out with Kooky and then totally forgot. Thank you, Kooky. Well, it's not like I'm engineering or anything. It's I'm not an important part of this whole dynamic. No, you're not. Why would why would you be? Yeah, oh, Why would you be? Because I control who gets on and who gets off. Eh, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. To, well, I guess he does control who gets off in that. If he takes his shirt off, none of us will get off. Ba da ba ba da bum. Excuse me, but I have a very handsome and badass-looking tattoo, 
which makes all the ladies come to my yard for the milkshakes. <laughs> is this real? Life? Did, we just, did I just hear that? Is you going to be showing your tattoo off at the beach now? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be like, oh, look at this. What's it mean? It's so handsome. It means I'm a survivor. <laughs> Oh my god! I like Doctor you should have seen a beach girl. You should have seen the look on his face as he said that. Thor is the elder primal of donation. There are twelve today, so don't be spacing. Let's go LBR. Let's go racing. And Nero now the master class on the PlayStation. Hashtag Darbykins. Hashtag Potato Oden. Oh, uh, and uh, yes, of course. Uh, this past week on Reset Day, uh, we played a little uh, a little game called. Uh, uh, Lords of Thorm- Thorminion. Th- Thorminion? Is that how? Yeah. Lords of Thorminion. Yep. Yeah. So uh, d- uh, Thor decided to, uh, you know, say anyone who donated uh, while we were live on Tuesday, he was going to match their donation with uh, delightfully clever uh, rhyme or limerick or something or other. Haiku. So, so uh, that marks the first of 12 donations that we're going to be seeing from Thor today. <laughs> So uh, thank you, Thor, and uh, thank you to everyone who uh, who who gave on uh, the Lords of Thorminion Day. And if there was ever a time to donate five hundred dollars, that would have been it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So obviously we had that hiccup just yeah. a few minutes past. Yeah, right. Did it kick you off Final Fantasy? It did. Yes. It are, did. You, are you well, logging back in? Can we get the studio up? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really want. I, I think it's well, a li- he's I not think, using the studio yeah, anymore. I think it's I think it's a, a, a liability at this point. I, I, I mean, if we're going to be no. if we're going to be getting knocked off left and right, dude, we're moving out of there soon. We have to get the episodes in there while we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, soon. Quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, soon. soon. Soon, just like Final Fantasy IX is coming out on the PC soon. <laughs> AKA yeah. push back to April, AKA fuck you, Square Enix. <laughs> Seriously, I tweeted the Square Enix account like, hey, I would really appreciate FF9 launching like before March 11th. And they were and like, like, an no. hour later, I like word comes out on Steam that's pushed back to April. And I was like, God, fuck you, Square Enix. <laughs> well, th- you can, everyone can blame Ascalia for that. So great. <sighs> Good job. Good job, Ascalia. They will Way literally do anything to spite me. I believe it now. Well, I mean, right down to fucking with our uh, our internet connection. Dude, do you think they're in line with Comcast? They I think are they're both in, evil. I think they're in line with the Garleans. I think they're all in oh league with the Garleans. It's a gigantic conspiracy. No, it's not possible because, you see, Comcast is, like, competent at fucking everyone over, whereas the Garleans, not so much. Yeah, okay. He's not wrong. Of course I'm not wrong. Well, what if it's the Garleans actually getting a good plot together? Do you remember the Garleans? Oh yeah, yeah I do. What's what's I the mean, best plot they've ever I'm formulated? I'm not saying. I'm not saying like their that. whole strategy is just dropping things on other things. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, come on, yeah, come on. Studio, the studio up. I, I'm working on it. I'm, oh. What? You know, you were supposed to do something this week. What? Yeah. So. Okay, did you do it? Uh, Maybe that's why he doesn't want uh, to. Uh, Log in. Come on. Get your ass in here. Come on, dude. It's like a bad haircut. Just it's, let everyone see and get the a, laugh out. It's a lie. Dude, we're just going to get knocked offline again. I know it. Comcast is... Excuses are like buttholes. Get your ass everyone in stinks this chair. and fuck them. <laughs> 
Well, we've got a we've got so we've got a call on the line. We've got Gordor. Gordor, what's going on, man? Not, not Seriously, ready. I'm trying to fix Discord. Gosh, are you kidding me? He just God bring in. <laughs> oh my God. God, where's all the drops today? They've been slow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, you know the intern has nothing to do with drops or engineering. That's all your department. You know, I've been trying to get everything ready, and when you just drop this Discord stuff and shit, and oh hey, we got we got Gordor on the line. Gordor, how what, are you doing? What's up, Gordor? You're an asshole. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, I am. Of course, I am. Of course. Okay. Great. Thank you for having I'm you on the show. So what now? I said thanks for coming on the show. We we'll see you next time. Uh, we're oh fine. You, you sound terrible. I can barely hear you. Yeah. Do you have a cold? Yeah. It, God, that's really not. Did Garlean stab oh. you in the vocal cords? Blink once for yes. Is that better? No. Is that better? No. No, not at all, man. See, this is why we have Kooky. Why are you just bringing people in here? Yeah, Kooky. I think no, he's. This was you and Nero. I think he's what? <laughs> no, Kooky's got it. Kooky's got to got to screen these before before putting them did through. Did she screen this one, or did you just bring him in? Kooky says he when, was fine before. When, oh, okay. When when I get a message from Kooky, I assume that means that someone is on the line and ready to go. No. Yeah. Well, I just saw that. It was like See, it was I like just thirty seconds we're just ago. Pulling people in to avoid logging in. Well, I think well, he's just talking to yeah, us. Yeah, I, like I think he's just trying to deflect right now. I am not. I don't know what you're talking about. We'll try again. Gord, oh. Gordor, can we try this again? Are you? Is your connection yeah. better? That's much yeah, better. Uh, it's we're a good. little better. It's. It's. I don't know. Uh, say something longer than is it good? <laughs> All right. So check this out. Last time no, it's not. It's not. He's so, talking through a Dixie cup with string on the end. That's really terrible. Uh, we're yeah, that's not good. It's definitely not good. Kooky, come on now. Uh, all right, we'll try. We'll try. I, I don't know if this is the internet on my end or what's going on. Well, if it was internet here, then Nika should be sounding like shit too. Right. And do ne- I sound like shit? No, Nika, you sound fine. Well, you sound like you normally do, which, oh, granted, okay. is shit. Don't Thank get us you. wrong, but, I mean, you sound normally shit. Okay, I, I can live with that. It's not shit shit. It's just normal shit. <laughs> Are you logged in yet? See the studio, I, bro. I... 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 Uh, I, I just I don't think do it's it. I don't think it's gonna work, man. You didn't want to show anyone off like the lack of beard, uh, dude. You just it, like a bandage or a, or a hot wax strip. You just gotta tear it off. I, do it, dude. I just I don't I don't think that I, I'm I'm nervous to put any more any more load on the connection. You're nervous I, to be seen as a potato. No, Come on, it's, don't be shitty. No, this it's gonna it's the I'm telling you <laughs> if I if I log on to FF14, it's gonna kick all of this off the air, and then we're not even gonna be able to finish out the show live. Uh huh. That says that which is that what you, is that what you're concerned about? Yes, that's, that's the main, that's, that's the main what problem. I'm that's what I'm concerned about. Uh, just anything to get out of this, huh? I'm telling. Look, I'm telling you, if I log on. And 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 that's the it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Eat then, a dick. I, I mean, I'm gonna hold you guys responsible for this. Okay, and when it doesn't break your back, then we will laugh at you. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's going to be. It's it's going to be too much. It's it, the the internet has been shitty for two solid days. Oh, okay. Then I guess just pout. I am not pouting. 
Jesus. The drops don't lie. You are clearly pouting. I am so, not. So saith Archer. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. God. I'm, it, I'm it, do your job. <laughs> Well, I, I, I can't. Do your job. I cannot be held responsible. Do your job. I can't be held. Do your job. Responsible for Comcast. Do your job. <laughs> Can we call Comcast and just play that drop over and over again? God, I wish we could. That would be funny. I can't. I. I see. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job! Do your job! Don't you just hate the idea of drops more when we have them on the show? They are impossible to argue with. Like, cause he and he pl- just keeps tagging them over and over and over again. Well, he plays the drop and you like feel compelled to argue with it, but then you start arguing with it and you realize you're just you're arguing, arguing with, with a drops. soundbite. God damn it. And you feel like a fucking moron. Uh, Fallen. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Studio time? Uh, I'm working on it. God almighty. Jeez. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Scape Death wanted some dirty talk from me to him. In the butt and around the rim. Gordor's mix sounds kind of grim. Let's just teabag with the lights down dim. Hashtag pot out grin. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it's going to be uh, a Thor-heavy episode. It definitely is going to be a Thor-heavy episode. Thor-heavy episode. Jeez. Uh, thank you for, of course, uh, uh, the donation, Thor, and for everyone who uh, participated in the uh, the Lords of Thorminion. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why the text to spe- text to speech didn't go over for that one. That was weird. We heard it. We heard it in the headphones. Yeah, I heard it. But it didn't play through the stream. Yeah, I guess it what? didn't. That was weird. Hmm. Just a hitch. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we've got all kinds of weirdness going on that's, today. That's not foreboding at all. The no, LBR curse continues. <laughs> all right. Well. While Nero fumbles with that, we got Gordor back in the line saying he's better. Let's let's try it again. Gordor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. That's you can hear me, right? That's much better. Much okay. better. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> whatever. So, how's everyone Thanks. doing? Whatever. Everyone's good, right? Everyone's yeah. having a good day? You say what you got to say, Gordor. Get, get to your fucking point. Jesus. All right, here's my fucking point. Last time I called this motherfucker, you cut me off calling it an undercut. Now, since then, you've put two bitches on this line that one sucked your dick for like 20 minutes and the other one drove on forever and then sucked your dick for 20 minutes. So, if you really... And, and, and then you're going to turn around and not turn to a goddamn potato? What the fuck is that shit about? Why are you, why are you being a little punk-ass bitch? I've known you for 10 goddamn years, and you have never been this big of a punk-ass bitch. Why the fuck are you being a punk-ass bitch? Gordor, what, uh, what, what do you have against getting your also, dick sucked, yes. man? I don't know what you I, I like getting my I'm, dick sucked. Yeah, okay. But he gave these two... He gave Dingle Star 9000 and uh, uh, Aaron Edgeless a fucking soapbox to stand on. 
and they did nothing with it nothing just like you're doing right now i mean this is this is all empty words from gordor this is all this is all impotent rage from gordor he doesn't you you didn't give to the bet you didn't give anything <laughs> what what, did, what are you losing out on Huh? Oh, shots of iron. What am I what? losing out on? Yeah, what, did, what, did, what are you... Gordon, what the, what the, what the actual fuck are you losing out on? You didn't give any money. You don't get to complain. Because you didn't give to my Kickstarter, yes, man, and that really bummed me out. <laughs> because... You don't get you don't get to complain. No, oh, oh, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly <laughs> we're out of comebacks. Look at that. Suddenly we're all out of witty retorts. Mm-mm. No, no, I was taking care of something. Now, oh, 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 taking known, care of I've something. You, are, are, are you putting? Are, are you putting? Years. Are you putting desitin you on your hiney? Years. I have known you for ten years. I have never heard you be such a punk ass bitch as I heard last week. Why are you being a punk ass bitch? Give punk ass, what the fuck they want. Punk ass bitch is uh, it, that seems to be the refrain here, Gordor. But not wrong. But but he, here's still butt hurt. <laughs> what what? Do call you a bitch, nigga. What's what's where? Where's your dog in this fight, Gordor? Where? Wh- what exactly? What stakes okay. do you have in this? You. Why do you give? Why do you give a shit? I'll give you a Patreon right now. Why do you give a shit? Because it pisses you off. Okay, so 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 what? Gives me a reason to piss you off. So what was that about Patreon? Roll that back. Yeah, no. If you do it right now, I'll give you a Patreon. Do what right now, Gordor? If you turn into a potato right now. Well, fuck your face. You owe me money, bitch. Yes, idiot! I owe you a goddamn Look on your stream, you fucking retard! You lose. Sorry, you're on the hook for a Patreon donation. Have fun being on the hook oh, every I, month for that. I give it I give it to you right now. Okay, good. I'm gonna watch for the Patreon notification. So there you go. Man, he's okay. showing us. He's gonna give All us right. money on Patreon. Good. There you go. <laughs> Bye, Gordor. Thanks for the call. Gordor, I don't wanna like throw any like I don't want to piss in your Cheerios or anything, but I gotta tell you. Impotent rage thrown at a Nero is the equivalent of sucking his dick. <laughs> uh, finally, I somebody. I want to see what your face looks like. You're so cute. Fine, no. <laughs> that is his face. That is my face. You. What are you talking about? This is my face. It has always been my face. A Nero's the man in the iron mask, or the potato in the iron mask. That's right. All right. Let's let's get the eye cam rolling here. Oh, there we go. Man, a Nero that is hideous. I hope you're all happy. I hope you're all happy. I think uh, they are. The chat seems quite pleased. Where's uh, Where's Kook? Where is Kooky? Where is Kooky? Yeah. Uh, uh, we need to. We need to. Uh, we, we need, need to, to get Kooky on the line to to see what was the actual number of uh, hashtag potato dens. A lot. Because she's been t- she's been the one who's been tallying them, and I I sort of feel like we. My Twitter's been blowing up with it all week, so I'm gonna go with a lot. We did. Well, we definitely got a lot. Yeah. Do you get less ugly? I just want everyone to know. No, significantly more ugly. I just want everyone to know that I've hit that drop three times because apparently a Nero muted my drops. So fuck you. You can do that. Yeah, well, yes, of course he can. He did that last. Yeah, last, yeah, last but, episode. But I, I, I meant to mute Gordor. So you did the right thing by hanging up on him, though. Yeah, so well, of course job. I did. Good job. <laughs> we got Kooky on here now. Uh, Kooky, how's it going? 
Good, and you? Good. All right. So, uh, producer Kuki joins us today because she has been uh, actively monitoring social media for the hashtag #PotatoDin tweets and Facebooks. What was the total number of potato dins? The total number of hashtag #PotatoDin was at seven hundred twenty-four. Oh my Bam! god. <laughs> So it didn't even reach um, the thousand that you're waiting for. Twitter was 344. Facebook was 380. Um, someone on Facebook put a whole comment that's 341 hashtag potatoed in. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Is that one comment, though? One comment, yes. Oh, that doesn't count at all. That only counts for one. Potato. Yeah, it's one comment. Come on. That's, okay. that's not each an individual hashtag, but fine, whatever. Nice, great. I, there's a nice crotch shot of me for some reason. <laughs> can, by the way, can we take a moment to appreciate some of the creativity that came out of this? Because by Absolutely. the end of Sunday night, there was already just a, like, first of all, there was already a Twitter account named Potato Din. Right. Which was uh, rallying the voters, rallying the, the LB army to put out the hashtag Potato Dins. I saw uh, Potato Din written in potato skins. <laughs> uh, we had a, a short little, like, uh, I want you propaganda poster with a Nero on it as, as a Potato Din. Shit, yeah! It just, the amount of creativity and ridiculousness that came out of this was absolutely amazing which is what we were looking f- for out of it the first time so uh i we we really appreciate you guys responding in kind that was uh, a fun thing so there you go there's the potato den it's always fun when we can involve the audience in something big like that exactly and and see the thing is is that if i had just done it if i had just been like yeah okay it's done there we go and not made a big deal about it this wouldn't have been as fun yeah right there we go. So there's actually there were I did get a couple of emails that were I think from people who were legitimately upset. <laughs> I, I saw that on Twitter. Like there were some people who like thought like that that was way very real and very angry and very uncomfortable. Taser. Oh come on, Taser Smurf. Uh, not to me, no. Taser Smurf. Well, well, oh okay. Calling someone out, huh? Come on, it's ju- it's a joke, guys. It's called having fun. Gordor came on the show to have a go, and Nero produced the goods and let it flow. He is a lala, I see it for show. Get down on your tummy, Gordor, and give him a blow. Hashtag evil hippie. <laughs> that was good. That one was what? good. I just want to make sure that that one did go over the show, though. Uh, so, chat, let me know. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you, Kuki, for tallying those and for uh, rallying people to uh, chime in on hashtag Potato Den. Uh, so, fun. Uh, fun I, I, fun I, I, shit. Like, I, I really love your guys' creativity. So. And, to, and to that point, when people ask us, like, hey, was that real? It's like, is it ever real? Is it ever? <laughs> <laughs> Are we ever really pissed at each other? No. You're a bitch. <laughs> That's kind of it's all for fun. So, all right, guys, uh, let's uh, let's talk about some FF14 news of which there is none. So, man, what a segment. That's it. That was taxing. Uh, Okay. Uh, I do have kind of an exciting announcement here, guys. Uh, So uh, we are uh, extremely uh, excited to announce that uh, we have secured our first sponsor for Limit Break Radio. Oh uh, my god. 
I know. I mean, it is it is worth. Trust me, it is worth getting excited about. Uh, but uh, we want to uh, we wanted to introduce you uh, to our, our our very first sponsor today, which is Alamo City Comic Con. Uh, there's their logo. You can check them out on the web at their website, Alamo City Comic Con, and uh, they are uh, going to be. Uh, bringing us down to uh, at least one, if not a few of us, down to uh, Alamo City Comic Con this year down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so, uh, again, their website, alamocitycomiccon.com. Uh, and the event goes from October 28th to the 30th, 2016, uh, at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we're going to be out there, and there's going to be some kind of a big announcement. I, I, I don't I don't want to say any more than that, but there's going to be some exciting stuff that's announced out at Alamo City. By uh, the way, huge convention. A gigantic <laughs> convention. Blows Yomacon out of the water. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it's a convention that gets about 35,000 people, uh, and uh, some of the uh, notable uh, uh, guests include David Prowse, the original uh, body actor for Darth Vader, uh, Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Jeremy Bullock, who uh, played Boba Fett, uh, Billy D. Williams, uh, Robin Lord Taylor, uh, Tim Rose, uh, who played uh, Admiral Akbar, uh, Billy Piper from, uh, from uh, Dr. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, Tom Kenny, a guy who I uh, am a huge admirer of, the, of course, the of course the voice of uh, SpongeBob and the Ice King. Uh, also, uh, notable actor from uh, the sketch comedy show Mister Show, uh, and uh, a whole ton more. Uh, you can uh, check out again their website AlamoCityComicCon.com. We want to thank them for their sponsorship of the show. So uh, you'll you'll hear more about Alamo City Comic Con and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to uh, talk to a few of these guests uh, coming in the uh, near future for uh, Final Encounter Cast. So, uh, Greatest conversation ever. We're, we're super excited to have them as a sponsor. Oh, and there's the Patreon notification from, uh, from uh, Gordor making good on his word. Thank you, Gordor. We appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, make sure that you check out Alamo City Comic Con. Uh, try to get out there. We're Like I said, we're going to be out there. We're going to be playing planning something out there uh and it's right like a couple of weeks after fan fest so uh you and know a week after yomacon right yeah uh, or a week before yomacon week before, before yomacon yeah, yeah. yeah. uh <laughs> what so, are three weeks that's gonna be yeah october is oh gonna be crazy for limit break radio so uh we hope that uh, uh uh that you'll uh join us out there and uh get excited for this announcement it's definitely something you guys are gonna want to uh be paying attention to so well, yeah the door so, uh, again, thank you to uh, Alamo City Comic Con for uh, their sponsorship of the show. So, all right. Uh, why don't we uh, talk about the FFFL? All righty, guys. Week four. Here's a story that's out of this world. I don't. I need your. I need your. Theme up. We need the music. Oh, God. Where's our production? Oh, it's fall. It's all coming apart at the seams. <sighs> do, you, do you literally just have a drop in there? It's just a big sigh. It's called Heavy Sigh. Oh, oh, Heavy Sigh. Well. Because <sighs> I can't just do that normally. I think you just did. <sighs> no, that was 
the light side. You need okay, here's your theme music. Just go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Week four of the FFFL is in the books, and the standings are getting tight. But first, a quick recap of last week. Two-thirds of the league made changes to their lineups. Uh, first, with rumors swirling that the league is set to hand out a four-week ban to Waka over his use of deflated blitz balls, Hanger's Crucible cut ties with him and signed Vincent. Uh, the Besaid butt plugs got Seymour off the bench, choosing to release Emerald Weapon and sign longtime fan favorite Cloud. Strangely, Cloud has yet to be seen at practice and was absent from the competition this week. League sources are said to be investigating his whereabouts. Bondage and Servitude made a lineup change after this week's injury report was released. After seeing the outlook for Minfilia, they chose to drop her and acquire a new coach in Quistus. Lastly, while Titans Banana Hammock did not get involved with the waiver wire, they did send Balthier back to the bench in favor of Kane. Uh, now on to the matchup uh, results. Uh, this week, the Mordian Jailbirds suffered a heartbreaking last-minute loss to Bondage and Servitude. Woo! Furthermore, Steiner appeared to have been injured and is currently under further evaluation. The Jailbirds fall to 1-3 while Bondage and Servitude moves to 3-1. Meanwhile, the Besaid Buttplugs took their first loss of the season with the Caloclux Clan pulling off the upset. Could it have been distractions around the disappearance of their newest player that ended the Buttplugs bid at an undefeated season? They fall to 3-1 as the Caloclux clan moves to 2-2. Two and, two. and lastly, the woes continue for Titans Banana Hammock, who suffered a brutally close loss to Hanger's Crucible. Banana Hammock fans were spotted wearing bags over their heads during the second half of the game this week, and chants of Fire Woody could be heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hanger's Crucible goes to 3-1 and one, while the Banana Hammocks fall to 0-4. <laughs> this week on the waiver wire, uh, we have Raoban, Black Belt from Final Fantasy 1, Terra, Garnett, Irvine, Red 13, Absolute Virtue, Sorceress Adel, Galoof slash Krill, and Edge. They're not the same person. Yeah, but you know. Wait, what? For obvious reasons, Galoof and Krill are going together. Wait, if you can pick alchemist bards and freelancer bards, Gallop and Krill are separate people. <laughs> okay, well, don't pick Gallop because he dies. Spoilers. Spoilers. Jeez. Well, what about Palum and Porum? I mean, are they a package deal too? Uh, I would have put them as one, yeah. You're what bad happened? That's two people. Palum and Porum, but they're useless as one and us. Uh, never well, mind. That's true. All right, so the waiver order wire this week is going to be Papa Woody, Scalia, Kalo, Nika, Aniro, and Juxta rounding out that. I don't need to make any changes. No, all right, well, you are coming off a win this week. Big win. Well, it's because the only person I would take is Tara, but she's a teenager, so she has no boobs, and Garnet, which I don't... Garnet? Garnet? Yeah, it's like French. The stone. No, it's not. It's... It's uh, it's, it's French stone. speak. It's uh, the team. French. It's, it's French. French. It's French. It's French speak. speak. Yeah, this the, is great. The, oh my god. The Gar- team, it, he's calling him, calling her Garnet, because it's French speak. Princess yeah. Garnet to Alejandros. <laughs> Jeez. It's the called. 12th. It's called being cultured, you heathens. It's called being an idiot. Okay, fine. You guys are idiots. Congratulations. <sighs> All right, so the matchups this week, we've got the Besaid butt plugs going up against Bondage and Servitude, both at 3-1. and one. Hanger's Crucible will be squaring off against the Callow Klux Clan, and Titan's Banana Hammock is up against the Morty and Jailbirds. The tube toilet bowl. It, 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 they are pr- playing in the toilet bowl this year. That's about wow. it. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, not not the greatest of matchups. No. We've got the Lions versus the Jaguars that's, going on. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> 
Awkward. Uh, and the current standings remain uh, with the Besaid butt plug still in first place, holding the tiebreaker over Hanger's Crucible. Hanger's Crucible is in second with the tiebreaker over Bondage and Servitude. Bondage and Servitude comes in at third place. Callow Clucks Clan in fourth. The Jailbirds in fifth. And Titans of Banana Hammock rounding out the order at sixth place. And that's what's going on in the FFFL, guys. All right. Well, thank you for that update, Escalia. Uh, if uh, do we have to do we have to do waiver wire choices now? Or you, you can if you want to do them now, but I just need to have them by Monday night. All right. Does uh, anyone have something like pressing that they want to get no. off their chest? I mean, Anira, you got absolute virtue available on the waiver wire this week, and Sarsar Adele. It, well, yeah, but you've already got all messy. Yeah, so. I, I, I think I want to swap out uh, Cloud's corpse for absolute virtue. Um, you may want to be careful how you word that to the uh, to the committee, but sure. Okay, you're gonna be dropping Cloud for for absolute virtue. Yeah, because right. he never showed dropping up to Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, dropping him like a sack of potatoes. That's huh? right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Doesn't Cloud have to like sign something to be dropped? I don't think that that's true. I'm pretty sure there's. Like I some don't kind think of that that's true. League rules. No, I don't think that that's true. That might get tied up in uh, in some red tape, but we'll see how that goes this week. Hmm. And uh, you said you're standing pat, right, Juxta? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm good. All right. Hangers Crucible. Not either, no. no. Okay. I think I'll be making a move. Maybe I'll pick up Absolute Virtue. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I but. said I was picking up Absolute okay, Virtue. I'm ahead of you in the waiver wire. <laughs> okay. Um, whatever the fuck your name is. Uh, how are you going to... Escalia? Sure. How are you going to justify Absolute Virtue on your team? Of yeah, good that's team right. Gooders? Absolute Virtue would wreck your team. Uh, well, I don't, is Absolute Virtue you evil? You have 11 people on your team also, so... Uh, yeah, I do have Celtius on my team, which would make that a little awkward, admittedly. Yeah, yeah see, well, I, I don't think you're, I don't think absolutely yeah, you're see, I don't, the I, Yeah, I don't, I don't see that working out too well for you. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's that's well. That's it. That was a huge waste of time. It always is. <laughs> Let's talk about the 3.2 story. Now, guys, if you have not completed the 3.2 story, I'm what going to What the hell is wrong with you? I'm going to encourage you to bail out of the uh the conversation. Spoiler. This is a spoiler zone. You could have finished it in the time it took us since we started the episode. Seriously, Come on. right. Yeah. Uh well, those cutscenes are long. Yeah, you have to do the anti-tower. What about the anti-tower? It takes it takes a long like to at least twenty five minutes to do that. Ah, skip the cutscenes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk about three point two's story because uh, yeah, here it, we've uh, we we've been sitting on it now for two weeks. Uh, there was some interesting stuff that happened, um, but it's there's actually more that's like interesting because it's implied. I think right. than what actually happened, and much like my complaint with some of the other patches is that there's again it's another patch of all setup it's all set up there's yeah. there was literally no payoff that happened the entire time we all all we got was what happened to minfilia that's really it and uh all right so uh a, a lot happened in route to nothing happening yeah kind of like there was just more there, there was more things and cryptic explanations of things so uh let's let's start off with uh with the 3.2 uh msq uh by the way if you'd like to call limit break radio uh we'd love to hear from you limit break radio on skype 
Skype or 810-515-8715. We'd like to hear what uh, what you thought of uh, the 3.2 story. Um, And uh, it starts off pretty much directing us straight to the anti-tower and uh, going back to um, uh, Matoya, uh, which is where the anti-tower is located. Uh, And so you make your way through the anti-tower, which, I mean, I have to admit, is it is a cool dungeon, um, but I, I it was... It lacks an exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since it's, like, such... Supposed to be, like, a big lore... Right. ...infested area. Yeah. Visually, yeah, like it's stunning, but it's shallow. had the same kind of setup, but we got a lot more context from the library than we got from this. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there was more... I don't know. There was more interesting and engaging in the library than there was here because really as you move through the anti-tower you've got you know you've got the the magic walkways that lead up to the anti-tower and i guess i thought what was going to happen was at some point they were going to flip us upside down and like you know like those pads instead of just like transferring us to the next pad it would like somehow like make, make us, us fight upside down flip yeah flip well, the i mean i think technically we were on the ceiling they just didn't flip the perspective because that'd be hard still people flipping the perspective would have been awesome people would get sick I, they couldn't do that well uh, but i mean so you've got that middle section that happens in just like this sort of like ethereal stupid zone yeah this like ethereal nonsense because they place had that to have like a david bowie reference broken you know like broken <laughs> stairways and stuff like that but it, it, the thing the thing about that is is i f- i feel like they sort of missed out on an opportunity there to present the anti-tower one you know like right side up and then the third could have been the upside down conversion i thought that'd have been a cool mechanic for a boss yeah where the boss can flip you to the ceiling or the boss goes on to the ceiling or something yeah do something with that theme i yeah i i mean i was really interested by the theme but yeah sort of felt like they didn't really do much with it it ends up coming across as very shallow yeah, and like the creepy dolls were creepy, but mm. all they were was a reference, like in the throwback to an old FF. They weren't really like, like, what did that have to do with this game at all? Ghostless shell the ode to a little awful fuckfests with licking, sucking, and really, really <laughs> small breasts. A little awful 69 would be the best, but a deep throat might just make a mess. Hashtag potato in. Oh Jesus! Wow. <laughs> the way yep. that the way that the the, the uh, text to speech says lalafel, lalafel, it really sounds like falafel, <laughs> falafel. and I want to eat them. <laughs> That's the right reaction. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I came out. I came out of Anti Tower feeling like at some point we will probably revisit Anti Tower. Like, I, like story wise, I don't know how they'll get us back in there, but that is ripe for like another set of three floors, like going down deeper into the yeah, Anti Tower no, yeah, or a hard mode for hard mode. Yeah, I fully expect us to go back there and do more with the anti tower because, like, if this was a set like the like an introduction to anti tower, that would make sense to me. But if this is literally all we're going to get out of it, that's really shallow for such a good concept. You really like that word, Escalia? Shallow? shallow? Well, yeah, because I'm a very shallow person. Is that like your lowest common denominator word for the day? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like well, obviously, like, did you come out of it feeling like fulfilled? No, obviously not, but I mean... I was scared. I was terrified because of those freaky dolls. <laughs> you know, it, that that brings it's up like another... every time I get turned into a doll, I just be like, Mama, Mama, feed me. 
That is okay. Oh my god, Nika, that's terrifying. <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, stop that right now. Yeah. It turns you into dolls. It's so weird. We know. <laughs> We've had nothing it's but nightmares scary. about it for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calcabrina is obviously nightmare fuel. But uh, again, like another like callback to an old Final Fantasy game, and I feel like more and more we're seeing like more evidence. Like we talked about it when we got that riddle that could the the, the shatter like the separating of those worlds be the different Final Fantasy realms, and we see more evidence for it all the time. I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean. Yes, obviously it's a reference, but there's nothing saying that it came from another world. I mean, it's just a creepy doll. Just I'm gonna salt you real good, boy. Hashtag potato <laughs> oh, Thanks, thanks, Dark Magic. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna salt you real good, boy. Mm-hmm. You got a pretty mouth, boy. Yeah. Lick, mm. lick, lick my balls. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like at some point it's hard to ignore the constant references to other games. Like, like at like the beginning, it was a good joke. And it was like kind of fun... yeah. It was like a kind of cute nod to to, to stuff. Now but, I sort of feel like they're leaning on it. At, well, yeah. I don't, at definitely. some point, I feel like they're gonna do something with that because it's constant. It's every patch. There's some sort of throwback to an old Final Fantasy game. Well, yeah, but that's because like the fans just eat that shit up. Yeah, that's yeah, we what I do. Think we too. really do. And I, that's fine, but I don't think, like, if they're going to do what Ascalia is, like, suggesting they do, then I feel like then they would, like, throw more hints towards having different realms. But so far, all we have is Final Fantasy Eleven with Shantoto and, and, and Final Fantasy Thirteen with And Thirteen, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's been it's been theorized before that, like, FF14 could be the nexus point for a lot of different uh, Final Fantasy universes <laughs> because it has a tie-in <laughs> FF3 Crystal Tower. Okay, but that the Crystal Tower exists within fourteen. It's not like a. It's not yeah, like it's, it's from actually somewhere in fourteen's lower. It's not that our worlds have like com- like squished together and we can now access FF 3s tower. It's not the same. Tower. I agree. I just don't think it's that much of a stretch to say maybe these things are appearing are in the fourteen world because they exist elsewhere. Uh, honestly, honestly, if they do that, it is it, it's Square Enix's attempt at a shitty shoehorn retcon to make all of the worlds somehow connected Connected, because because connected universes are like the big thing and we all know that all of those final fantasies were developed in turn like like all of those worlds were they weren't it wasn't supposed to take place on the same world right well you say that however for starters we have uh dissidia which connects all the worlds into a nexus we have shittily shittily we have record keeper hold your we have record keeper which don't connects them all no shittily no we do i mean it it exists and and we have final fantasy 4 the after years which connects them all shittily so Wait, I mean, after and Gilgamesh no, who confirms like that he it, jumps between games. Does it connect them all? It connects some of them. The first, the first couple of it connects one, one, two. No, wait, one, one, six, five. No, not five. I can't one, remember. One, six, um, one and six for sure. I do know what you're talking about though. But yeah, shittily, shittily, yeah. obviously. So I feel like. At this point, like they're trying to like connect them all again into fourteen. It's like they've already connected them all multiple times. So I'm like, 
I just feel like there's enough evidence of it at this point that we can consider it a real possibility. I feel like if anything was going to be worlds are connected, it would be Dissidia. Like it's literally like cosmos and chaos. They're summoning their heroes and they're fighting. And I feel like if if Final Fantasy was going to connect, it wouldn't be in such a way that for like in 14, that wouldn't really. It's it's not Final Fantasy's style. Dissidia is much more of the nexus, and this is just. I think this is just fan service. Uh, I'm not sure which I hate more. It's true. Both are, uh, I don't know, both are pretty, uh, pretty frustrating. Hey, I'm okay with my Zidane uh, Ninja Glamour. Let's Just go. Let's go to our one. phone lines. We've got a uh, first time caller, uh, Seraph Skyheart from Moogle. What's going on, Seraph? Who's Seraph? Oh, is that Tom too? <laughs> no. da, da, da. Tom too. Hey, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. I actually binged the story last, uh, the past week because, uh, uh, I haven't been playing anything else but Destiny. Oh, but then people were talking about I'm sorry. Two stories like, oh my god, plot twist, this and that. Then that piqued my interest, so I resubbed and I binged everything. Okay, so when you say you week. binged, yeah, that means like, like, where? You, you took a drink? Is like like having one pint? <laughs> well, is that like, your binge? Did you have no, to do no, 3.12? No. When I resubbed, I was level 58. Okay. Oh, okay. So you okay. Heaven's right. Ward, too. All right, okay. gotcha. Fair enough. That's, that's so still in Heaven's Ward, so I had to grind all the way to 60 and then beat Heaven's Ward, then go to the 3.1, and now I last night I finished 3.2. So, I, I mean, I've got I've to say that probably, like, that probably felt like like a good chunk of content right there. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, what? how did it How did it leave you feeling? Like, uh, I mean, we haven't, we haven't quite gotten to, like, uh, the Grand Melee or the Peace Summit yet, but mm-hmm. um, uh, how how did you feel in a, like generally about the uh, the MSQ's presentation? Well, you know, because I had such a huge pause in story doing fin- uh, Heaven's Ward, mm-hmm. uh, I was mostly looking forward to finishing it. And after I finished Heaven's Ward and went through the MSQ, it, all of a sudden I was at 3.2. So 3.1 felt like very light. Like I was like, where are cutscenes? That's where, interesting. Where's that? Where are all the epic? things i went through a dungeon is this it so all of a sudden i was at 3.2 it's like okay okay so even already. someone who has to finish heaven's award had pretty much the same impression we did yeah because that's <laughs> that's exa- that is exactly the uh uh the impression that we had uh, coming off of 3.1 so uh mm-hmm. yeah interesting okay yeah so it's it's not really that much different well cool man uh what else have you been uh what, what else have you been up to tom too uh full-time job nice nice yeah just uh, mostly mostly um working there making videos hosting you, stuff but you want to i miss this i miss this give and it a, it's, it's we miss it you. sucks that yeah. i'm still like eight hours away from you guys because i love you guys but i'm not ever going back into a closet to record a show with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's a little warm in here. It is. It definitely is. It's like uh, it, it. It feels like we're sitting next to a blast furnace for some reason. Uh, Can't wait for summer, digs, though, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, by the way, you want to uh, you want to you want to plug your uh, you want to plug your thing so if fans uh, fans well, want to check it I out. Stream on. No, no, I stream on Twitch, uh, which is uh, Tom Tubui, my real name, not that stupid Sarah Skyheart thing. Uh, I'm on Twitter on Tom Tu. My YouTube channel is Block Two B L O G T U, and I just geek out about stuff, you know. Awesome. And I draw. Of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for the call, Tom Tu. It's good to catch up, man. I still listen to Tam Tuesday. It's always fun. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely I've definitely got a got a sub going there. So uh, thanks, man. Cool. We we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, dude. Yeah. Um, also, if anyone can tell me how to mod in Shoryuken for Thancred's voice lines whenever a certain part happens, uh, <laughs> you're talking about the right? Thancred punch. Oh, the Shoryuken. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I I wanted to take that moment. And I wanted to just make an animated GIF. And at the the moment his fist connects with with uh, what's his name's face, uh, a mainland's face, uh, I wanted I wanted the World Star logo to come up. Like that would have been the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to me. Okay, are, are, is he talking yeah. about the a mainland punch or the other one? Oh, uh, there there are oh. two punches. Yeah, that's true. I think he was talking about the other one. If he's talking the about a sword, you can. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, Tantu, thanks for uh, giving us a call here. If you want to join us on Limit Break Radio, uh, send a Skype message over to the Skype account, Limit Break Radio, or 810-515-8715. And, of course, make sure that you check out all of those links to uh, Tantu, what Tantu is doing now. So uh, glad to uh, glad to hear, of course, from uh, from an old – that's two old friends that we've heard from now. Two? Gordor. Well, he's been We've talking from before. Him a million times. He's not old anymore. He's current. Yeah. And friend's a weird word to use. Yeah, he's a current yeah. person. Okay. All right. Fair enough. By the way, when did Thanker become a monk? Yeah, right? Well, let's talk. Hang on. Let's talk about Thancred and Yishtola because I yes. feel like the two of them have had a remarkably dark turn on their character. And by that, we mean they've actually displayed some character. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, it, it actually it, it's becoming interesting, but okay, well, when you go bathing in a sea of aether, you will see how you react afterwards, okay? So well, but what do you guys what do you guys think is the tonal shift? Do you guys think it's just the adversity that we have been through, or is there something else? Well, going I think on? the writers are getting smarter first of all, and they actually understand how to give their characters character development, so that's a start. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely they are in a very different place. Like with, like when they went into the Aether, they were still the scions of the Seventh Dawn. This shit was just starting to go down in Uldah. And like they are they've now gone from basically like the protectors of the realm to like shunned outcasts effectively. They've had their whole order kind of torn apart. Their leader's gone. I can see why you might come out and be a little different. I wouldn't say their order's been torn apart. I mean, obviously, it's in shambles, but I don't think they're, like, any less regarded now, right? Well, they've cleared their name, of kind of, right, well, at this point? Yeah, they, well, they I mean, have because Nanamo's alive and she's yeah. leading shit. Yeah. Like, nobody hates us anymore. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, uh, hmm. I don't know. I think I'd be a little bitter if a city like, tried to lynch me. I oh. think I'd be a little bitter about it for a while. Well, before I think we can talk about Thancred's change, we need to go back to the anti-tower after cutscene and talk about Minfilia. Well, yes, because Minfilia... Cause that, that's what's causing Thancred's to change, in my opinion. Minfilia now is... Uh, she refers to herself as uh, the voice. Uh, the voice of the mother crystal, Hydaelyn. Um, and it, it's implied through that scene that they have become a singular entity now. Uh, and it is, and then there's a whole bunch of cryptic shit. They explain a lot about Zodiac. Yeah. Uh, and, and that whole thing is very confusing because it's like, then you start getting into like, uh, and then they were divided by three and 10. And I'm like, when did we put in final fantasy type zero? Obviously, What's going on? Uh, 
Class confirmed calculator class. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, like there, we, it's not entirely certain what's going on. And it's implied through the through the end of that cut scene that uh, that the, the Heidelin is losing power. She's tried right. seven times to prevent the calamity or stop the Asians or stop Zodiac from being rejoined. And she's failed seven times. And now she's lost she, apparently the end of her power was sent to put you back to the shore of the ethereal sea so Not the best track record for a goddess that we all worship yeah i think i think i want to switch sides yeah <laughs> well i'm on the losing side here and i'm also like kind of pissed at her like i didn't really i feel like minfilia had no choice in this matter She's like, you know, everyone's escaping. Minfilia is literally about to escape with you. She's totally safe. And all of a sudden, Heidelin's like, nope, I'm going to use you because I can. But and to she's say like, she had no choice. Okay, she didn't. No, Heidelin pretty much forced her to become her vessel, to become her voice so that she could speak with us and then go, oh, well, shit, I'm out of power. Boom, Minfilia's I, exploded. I disagree. Minfilia, like, stopped, listened, and then just stood like, there. It's not like she was it. like, yeah, she but didn't, like, shake her head. What's going to happen if she says, sorry, goddess, I'd rather save my ass than help the goddess? Like, what do you think would really happen if she said that? I feel like Minfilia is more than happy to give her life for the goddess. But, but the thing is, is that, like, the, the, I don't know. The goddess, like, what did she do with Menphilia's body? Like, what did she, like, all she did is she took her and exploded her. Like, what did she actually accomplish by using Menphilia? Literally nothing. All right, Nika, heart to heart time. We, we need to talk. Hearts and farts. Is, is, uh, is Menphilia your bae? Uh, no. She's she joining the ranks? Waifu? She's waifu, not. Yeah. She's not. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's just my bro. Waifu. So she's, uh, she's like Meryl Webb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit closer than Meryl Webb because Menphilia is a little more personable. <laughs> Mm. Merle Webb's How a little more standoffish. Merle Webb and Minfilia. The, the relationships I have between Merle Webb and Minfilia, not their actual personalities. No, I'm not saying personality wise. I'm just saying, like. One's way better. Oh, Merle Webb is, is a badass, and I respect her because she's awesome, whereas Minfilia is more of a personal friend slash leader. I feel like both those characters are so utterly terrible. Oh my god, Merle is amazing. Shut up. We, uh, well, you do not I mean, her name. Well, Menphilia isn't so much a person anymore as she is an entity, and... But is Menphilia gone forever? That's my question here. I, like, that, no. she, I mean, it looks like she literally exploded into a million crystal shards. Okay, well, this maybe, is Square Enix. We'll go find the crystal shards. We'll put her back together. Maybe, we'll see her again. We need some super glue, guys. Yeah. Maybe the body is exploded, but I, I'm the I mean, I'm She's going to come back and look that. totally different with a new epic badass outfit? I mean, <laughs> right now, Minfilia's part of Hydaelyn, right? Yeah. She's part of the Mother Crystal, so Minfilia's entity is within but the Mother Crystal. But it made it zone. sound like she didn't have enough power to even keep Minfilia's form stable. Like, her power is, like, But I don't feel like, like, I don't feel like we saw the end of Hydaelyn. Like, I feel like we're going to restore her in some but aspect. But what if we are? What if we, does what, that mean we'll restore Minfilia, too? Of course, like we have to recharge your mother crystal with ether batteries, double day, double D's or something. And uh, I don't know, Minfilia does not have double D's. I don't think so. Triple E's, <laughs> them boobies though. That, those are C batteries at best. <laughs> They're a lot bigger than fucking Mikote boobies. Now, now, I, not I mean, arguing that. Let's let's just step back from from the narrative for a moment. And <laughs> you say let's step back from the boobies. No, let's step back. <laughs> let's step back from the narrative for a moment and consider that Square Enix has 
implied the death of multiple characters that they've brought back. Yes. I mean, we saw we saw the Sultana get poisoned. Uh, you know, like the, yeah. if death has no meaning in this game, it really I, doesn't. Yes. What he said, unless unless you are a Rogan, apparently. I I fully believe we will see Isail or Shafan and. Uh, uh, Moonbreda again. Or Chiffon has a grave. They all have graves. It doesn't matter. We're going to see them again. They're all going to come back. Doesn't I think matter. we'll see them in like some kind of dream flashback at the very end of the, all the know, We're going to restore Hydaelyn and she's going to bring them back to life as our reward because friendship is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I, I do kind of feel like we're working towards like at some point, yeah, that's we, we got to bring Minfilia back. But there is there is a, kind of like this other this other thing going on where we do briefly check in with our other Scion friends that we haven't met face to face yet, uh, Yida and Poplimo. And very briefly. Th- very, like at the end of the story exactly yeah but they seem to be questioning whether then we don't know who they're talking about but they're like we don't know if they are who they say they are and i don't know it, to me that may be applied to thancred and yishtola no what why would you say that because well i think that would be interesting if it was i don't know why it would be, but I mean, they're setting they're setting something up there. I feel like if you were onto something, we would have like like uh, NPCs that are like untargetable off like the beaten path of the MSQ, like just like standing around or whatever. Kind of like in Hildebrand when there was that one Taru Taru, or excuse me, that one Lalafell that's uh, was just like stalking uh, uh, the Mikote. And I feel like if if you were if they were like trying to determine if. Uh, Yishtola and Thancred are who they say they are. I feel like they would be kind of hinting towards that. See, right Teddy now. thinks they're onto Yurianje, which could be possible. Or also, maybe they're mm. talking about the Warriors of Darkness. Yeah, it, uh, th- those are both good points. Um, it could be the Warriors of Darkness, but we do see them briefly, and Thancred is tracking them. The Warrior of Darkness. The Warrior yeah. of Darkness, yeah. right. And so that... Uh, he he and all we saw is him observe the events of, was that really him that's i thought it was him but he had different clothes on and so certain was like no i don't think that's him i think it's someone else no that's definitely him the warrior okay, of that's Dark- what yeah, i thought that, warrior of that is that has to be the warrior of darkness it's okay totally that's what i thought darkness. too but you literally just like glance back and see him and then he walks away yeah and thancred is shown to be following him okay, what i really I want that, that cutscene is to have the warrior of darkness like staring at us walk away Thancred staring at the Warrior of Darkness and then he walks away and then we are watching Thancred and then we walk away and the Warrior of Darkness comes back in sees us walk away and then he walks away and just keeps <laughs> on going forever walk away exception yeah what I always figured the change of Thancred's personality was that he is, he's a lot closer to Minfilia than I realized um, I'm trying like the timeline doesn't line up to me like okay the one point like he referenced that after Minfilia's father died during a parade shenanigans which was a reference to 1.0's the 1.0 opening cut scene I remember that cut 1.0's opening cut in the present day or was it a flashback to the past or was it a happen again because when you meet Minfilia she is much older than 10 <laughs> in the 1.0 that's because that's because the opening cutscene in 1.0 Ulda was a flashback. Was a flashback. Okay. Right, because you right. wake up on the cart, right? Okay, that's yes, what I thought. You, yeah, exactly. You wake up on the cart, and that was all a uh, a, a vision of the Echo. You were there. Right. The only reason that you're there is because you have the Echo, and the Echo that makes displayed sense. that to you. That's and what it, I was trying to remember. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it turns out that that was an incredibly significant event. I mean, we... Right. So they, well, so they said that Thancred 
takes care of Menphilia from that point on, but then when does Flamine adopt her? I'm trying to figure out the timeline here, and something's not lining up in my head. Uh, he told him, like, you have, a, you have taken care of Menphilia long before I ever did. Right. But I thought that Menphilia, like, thought of Flamine as her mom, because that's how long she's known her. Well, I mean, maybe it's more of a bodyguard thing than, like, a taking care of thing. Like, he's always watched over her in some way, but maybe not directly, like, taking care of her. I don't know. Now, I, I don't remember the events of the 1.0 storyline 100% clearly, but I don't think that Fleming was... No, she was the flower girl in that opening scene, wasn't she? In that parade. Was she? I think she was. So, you're right. Something... I don't know. There is something weird there, and it may be, it may be the writing, and it... See, what I thought was that, like, it seems like Fancrit is, like, deeply in love with Menphilia, but what I was getting from that is that I almost thought that they maybe have, like, a, 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 a snake in the boss type of relationship, like, goes deeper than love. And I was thinking that, like, since Thancred has watched over her for so long, the fact that she is gone has ripped him to shreds. That's what I'm getting from this. Well, definitely. They, they imply that a lot of his darker shift has been because Menphilia is gone, but... Uh, it is it's very out of the blue for me like I, I never realized they had any kind of real bond until exactly. just now it's very it feels a little thrown in they didn't do a lot to show that at any other point in the story yeah I mean it is it is implied I mean through that 1.0 cutscene that yeah he does sort of like take care of her after that but it it really hasn't been expressed through the character the character relationship yeah I can't think of any point during 2.0 or 3.0 before now where they've shown that in any way yeah. Well, yeah, but that's probably just more towards bad writing, and now they're kind of pseudo retconning it now. You think? Probably. The, I mean, the writing staff did change from 1.0 to 2.0, right? The whole team did. Am I correct? I don't know. I don't think that the entire team did. No. Okay. I don't think so. Anyway, uh, so the yeah, that's uh, just some uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, and then yeah, we see Heidelin starting to lose power towards the end of it. And uh, possibly even, I mean, it, 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 as Nika had pointed out, it possibly even shatters or breaks uh, at the end, or at least Menphilia's form does. And so, yeah, I mean, it really does sort of like raise the question, okay, what happens to Menphilia from this point on? She's still going to be, she's still going to be part of like the Mother Crystal and Heidelin and stuff. Like, like even if, yeah, you think if we, even if we do revive her, like, do you think we'll actually get her back as part of the Scions or is she going to be part of Heidelin forever? I hope she, not. No. I hope she stays part of Heidelin. She will stay part of Heidelin. I think, yeah, I think that's the right move. Like, at this point, like, in 2.0, like, Minfilia was, like, all, like, the tech, to, or, like, the leader of the Scions and stuff, but, like, everyone, like, made fun of her. So, in my mind, this is, like, well, we have to make Minfilia even more important to the story and, like, like put her on a pedestal even more so now she's part of the fucking mother crystal and now she's a super glorified quest giver and shit and it gives the opportunity for someone else to step up as the new leader of the scions yeah but you don't think that because she's you know Menphilia and she's a main character and because this is Square Enix you don't think that they would maybe like give her back to us in physical form and then every so often she'll like have god mode turn on while she'll speak to us as Heidelin and then she'll turn back into Menphilia I could see Essie doing it but I don't think it's the right call you know what? Probably. 
<laughs> Hearing that, it's just like, yeah, of course I'm gonna give uh, Minfilia a physical body back and oh, have, of course, have her take her role as the lead of the science. But now she is. But then she'll also have that special God. connection now, to yeah, Heidelin. Yeah, now she has a so direct. Every time, yeah, every time Heidelin needs to talk to us, her eyes will glow and she'll <laughs> hold her head and then she'll open them and she'll have this cryptic message from Heidelin and then she'll turn back into Minfilia. Which is such a bummer because I feel like they're doing a good job of setting up each Tola to eventually lead the Scions. Well, I mean, maybe they will. I, that's, I feel like that's a better way to go about it and it gives us a reason to care about Ishtola. I thought Ishtola's like dying. Yeah, Ishtola will eventually die because of her connection to the ether right now, but she's, I mean, she's not going to die like tomorrow. She has quite a while left. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it, I, I, and just kind of going back to the changes that, that Thancred and, and Yashtola have uh, have exhibited, it, it sort of, like, it kind of raises the question, like, is that because of their time in the Ethereal Sea? Is that because of the hardships that they faced? Or is it because there's something else going on that we haven't been told yet? Some kind of Aether corruption? I think something happened to Thancred before we found him. I mean, he was like, he was very, he became very rugged and very, like hardened to the world and I feel like he must have struggled in the wild but again we're not entirely sure why he didn't like seek us out but <laughs> he, he yeah he didn't seek us out and he he lost all of that sort of like like that whole like braggart roguish charm yeah and now he's kind of like a scruffy like i'm so emo like there's something in my internal self that i'm not telling anyone it it seems very much outside of his character and i i think i mean if that's if that's a reason to give a character a rewrite i think that's a shitty reason to give a rewrite so has it's trying to make all the science have more personality that's for sure because in the first in you know yeah but turning them all turning them all just like you know uh uh very you know stoic and uh and straight-faced and serious is not the best way to always do that i mean well thanker was already the only one who had any real personality kind of yeah I, I mean, guess kind. I guess kind of Ida. Ida, Ida and Papalimo kind of yeah. did. Yeah, they but, did. Know. but at least we know why Ida and Papalimo haven't like sought us out. At least because they have some kind of objective that they're right. researching and they're doing a thing. Like we don't really know. Like we know Yustola was in the the sea. She couldn't get out. But Thancred was was there and he was in physical form and he was alive and he didn't come after us. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they mention that he's unable to use the Aether right now? Like he's completely lost his Aetheric abilities. I feel like they said like that was kind of like their excuse that no, they gave for him not seeking us out was that he couldn't use the Aetherite anymore. Yeah, you know, you're right. That is true. That's interesting that that it would do that for Thancred and not Yishtola. She, well, yeah, she seems to have gone the opposite way where she's, she's extremely different. powerful she's with the mage. Aether now. She's a mage and she was inside of the Aether, Aether Sea the whole time. Yeah, Skuro yeah. says in the chat his magic is sealed off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and so, he, I mean, he's a ninja. He's not really... He's not. He doesn't have that connection to the ether like. I, I could is definitely he a see ninja? him. Is he? Yeah, he still. Is. I'm pretty sure he's a monk now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with monk. Uh, I could definitely see them working some, like especially with Thancred. I don't know about Ishtola, but I could definitely see them working some story like where the Warriors of Darkness got to him first, or something to that effect. Where he is, something is different about him, and I don't know that it's well. All there's Minfilia. something different about the two of them, and we, I mean, we we uh, clearly we haven't been given enough information as to what, but I mean, I think that there is there's something more that's like going Yishtola, on with the two Yishtola's of them. Yishtola's is literally just because now that she has that connection to the ether, she's kind of more knowing. Like She has that kind of um, outside 
view of like I am I am a knowledgeable mage person. So I kind of feel like that her her worldview has changed simply because of her time in the ether. Thancred, on the other hand, I'm not entirely sure. But I also think that would be kind of lame because you remember back at the end of the or early on in the 2.0 story, Thancred um, was the one that was possessed by the Asians. Right. And I feel like why do they and keep fucking with Thancred? <laughs> keep going back to him again. <laughs> like and if again. this is really something the Warrior of Darkness have done to him, like why Thancred? Yeah. Le- no, leave him alone. No, I I I mean I get it. Yeah. That's 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 uh that's a good point hey if final fantasy for us taught us anything is that once brainwashed always brainwashed <laughs> all right well for for ishtola i feel like she was always kind of that person who knew more about the aether and magic and all that stuff but then and she didn't really speak about it as much but you always got the hint that she knew more about it than she was letting on maybe they're just expanding on that now letting her like like without Minfilia there maybe she's just more open to letting on that side of her and trying to lead a little bit i don't know i see i just i don't know i mean is it it, 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 it clearly something is going on we don't know maybe he sealed off his own magic because something did change him and he knows that if he was to still have his connection to the ether he would go dark or something so he did it himself that would be cool can you seal off your own magic is that something people can do well, he he might either he somehow used the the ethereal sea, or he had, or he went to the warriors of darkness. I don't fucking know, but it would be cool. Can or- I take a vow of aetheracy and never teleport again? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, Why would Thanker do that? That's the question. Okay, so uh, let's let's move on from uh, from the anti tower and that whole discussion, which is really all we got in terms of Scion follow up. I mean, there wasn't really much more in terms of scions and then we are redirected back to ishgard uh to get uh to get uh, falcon's nest ready for this dragon peace summit peace summit nothing good ever happens in falcon's nest ever oh, nothing, peace a- summits. nothing ever <laughs> good happens in peace summits yeah especially in square enix peace summits something always happens so uh early on we see that uh the uh residents of falcon's nest uh are pretty uneasy about the uh, about the peace summit and some of them, uh, yeah. There, there there's a faction that has yeah. banded together that uh, uh, really d- does not believe that this is in the best interest of Ishgard. Uh, Even and, the people who do think it is are still kind of uneasy because of the history. Yeah. So everyone's kind of on edge. And so uh, w- when you go into the tavern, you are given the Hearts and Farts Cocoa Special. <laughs> <laughs> and is that rape drugs? Gate rape? Yeah. Rohypnol. <laughs> uh, so uh, I promised we'd never talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it. By the time you wake up, they just drug you long enough so that uh, this some bitch can get up on uh, yeah, on a pillar and, and she yell doesn't, her like, head lock off. You up. Like she owns that bar. You go into the bar. No, she doesn't own that bar. Oh, she's, she's just bar- there helping no, she's out. The bar. She's a barkeep. Malcathera is a stream whore known by all. <laughs> Never misses an episode from winter to fall. He tried to sing once but dropped the ball. But today he needs some sex toys, so he's off to the mall. Hashtag potato in. Oh, she, nice. Oh she, my God. Na- she not he Thor, but nevertheless, good song. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. Nice job. Nice job. Uh, well done. Uh, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, so she's a barkeep. I feel like if she was going to drug me, why wouldn't she, like, lock me in the supply closet or something so that I couldn't get out and, like, She's a volunteer bar wench. She doesn't own the bar. Yeah, but, like, 
why yeah but like i said why not hide her in the supply closet or something like why literally it's a busy bar you drugged me i passed out under the table to be woken up by thankrid a little later yeah it's like they didn't it's like, like they didn't even try like five Just minutes later yeah it's like what by was the way there, was awesome, there more of a plan awesome uh, drugs where i can be down goes the stream yeah there We're it goes down. awesome drugs where i can literally be roused by some guy going hey wake up like those are those are not grade A roofies. No, no, they are not at all. Uh, so, uh, uh, Nika, you're kind of there. We're I, you can hear me. Yeah, we yeah, just you're, again. yeah we're, distortion. Yeah, we're we're. And you guys are totally perfect for me still. Oh wow, that's so weird. That is what? bizarre. <laughs> like, not you're talking through tinfoil. Yeah, that wow. is that is strange. It's coming back. It'll it'll work its way back. I think it disconnected again. Yeah, it'll 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 figure it out. We'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, it it was a very very weird sequence. I expected when I got well, first of all, I knew I was getting drugged. I'm like, "Oh god, I'm being handed hot chocolate and it's not from Orchafont. I'm going to get drugged. This is not going to work out. Don't drink it. Why are you drinking it? Oh, and there we go. We're passing out." I expected to wake up with like the town on fire or something like that and like yeah, me too. the summit to be ruined. It's said i wake up five minutes later like hey there's a problem we should probably go check it out and like wow this is a shitty plan you're awful at this yeah not uh the plan was not great uh not executed well well well, maybe the bar wench was like if i just leave him on the floor instead of tying him like if i tie him up and like try to like detain him oh then you have kidnapped he might he might like try to like kill me and he's like a really strong dude so maybe i'll just like it just looks like i drank too much and passed out and it's not her fault is that what we're going with by the way take notice of uh take notice villains of final fantasy 14 if you want to off the warrior of light poison her hot chocolate (laughs) yeah it's poisoning a a drink seems to be uh kind of a repeating theme yeah except it never works yeah um (laughs) you learn from every jrpg you should never accept a random drink from someone you don't know didn't you learn from the sultana (laughs) (laughs) yes point to point uh yeah from now on if my character drinks anything ever again that i didn't make myself i'm quitting (laughs) oh well don't worry it happens uh an hour or two later (laughs) so alphanad as i trust alphanad why he started the crystal braid. Yeah, why? Why he set it all up? Why would you? Things because they're idiots. He's 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 behind all of it. Um, I t- you know what? I called that so many years ago. Is that uh, he was gonna uh, lead a rising an uprising, and I was half right. <laughs> he well, did yeah, just unintentionally. He, he didn't lead it. <laughs> well. He, he kind of did. He did. didn't not lead it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stop it. Well, that's true. Um, I still hate that story arc so much. He made it. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a create a private army that operates outside the bounds of the three companies. Uh, but at first, I have to get the uh, permission of my private army that operates outside of the bounds of the three companies. <laughs> what? Uh, so it, it, it events unfold. The uh, the 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 woman who drugs you ends up giving a big speech about how this is all a sham, and uh, 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 a mandolin who is currently in charge of. <laughs> Uh, of sure Falcon's shit, Nest, making shit doesn't go down. Yeah, making sh- yeah, just like like dude, the 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 guy's actually gone for like ten fucking minutes, and it's just like within this small window of time, everything just goes to shit. Uh, he ends up giving an order to stop her, which one of the uh, soldiers takes as an order to fire an arrow into her chest. Pretty legitimate which, assumption. Like if she said, if your guy yells stop her, and I'm the guy holding the bow and arrow, I'm like. 
you probably want me to shoot her. It, yeah. Why don't you just run up? The, why don't you just run up the fucking stairs that are right next to her okay, and grab time, her and shut her up? It doesn't but, mean shoot her. Okay, but he shot her the first time. And I'm like, okay, she's like down for the count. Why shoot her a second time? That's what I didn't understand. Because she kept yelling. Yeah, but she's also down. She can't do any harm. Now she's she. You shot her once. She's she's down on her knee. Go grab her now. Go run up there. Arrest her. Fine. Why shoot her a second time? That was that was the the guy with the bow's bad judgment. I would not blame Emily Annalyn for the second shooting. I would. That that was the guy. Well, uh, I mean, because, it, okay. The reason they shot her again is so she could get an arrow to the chest and then die. But just kidding. This is Square Enix, and she nobody dies. Die. Nobody she's, ever dies. She's like nice. She's like healed enough that she can be walking around the very next day at the actual peace summit. Yeah. So like, no, no really, one should give a shit. Dead. She was. They told. She said she was, she was in critical condition and that she might not make it. And yet the next day she's walking around like like she's fine. By, by the way, line of this patch is she begged to be here for the peace summit. I could see no reason to say no really you couldn't think of any reason to say no also i want to point out that she's the only voiced character we've had that is uh like scottish and not british did anyone else notice that no not and of course she's the one who wants to start a rebellion she had she was the only voiced character that did not have a british accent she was i think it was scottish hmm yeah no didn't didn't notice that yep and I was like, hmm. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna stereotype and brand them that way. So anytime anyone else has that accent, that's right. Look out. Well, she, I, I just she's a bar when she wants a rebellion. Of course, I of course sort of Scottish. I, I sort of just think it's it's really interesting that um you know I feel like there's a bit of of social commentary that's wrapped up into this specific part of the storyline. Scottish people are lowborn. No. That's not what I was saying. Oh, uh, that, uh, you know, like if you if you look at uh, at this as, um, you know, the the guards as police officers, I think that that's a pretty, pretty bold statement to make in your fantasy RPG with this kind of storyline. You know, you've got you've got an authority that is uh, that is basically gunning down a, what is essentially a protester. And I think that that's a that's a pretty pretty brave choice on the part of Square Enix, given a lot of the the, the social and political climate here in America. And I'm just I, I I'm curious if anyone else picked up on that, or if I was the only one. Definitely. And what was interesting about it is when you're watching that scene after she gets shot, you sit there thinking like they're trying to end a war between the her, us and the dragons that's gone on forever. And it's like, what do you do? What is the appropriate response there? Yeah. Probably not shooting her twice with arrows, but at the same time, like, what should have been done? Right. And you almost, like, for a brief moment, you did feel for a Manolin. Yeah. Because he's like, he is not ready for that situation. Of course, it happens in the 10 minutes his brother's gone, which, I'm, of course, was by design. Right. But damn he's probably sitting there thinking like what the fuck was i supposed to do which actually that's exactly what he asks you know props to that guard archer guy because that takes a lot of skill to shoot her in the shoulder and then shoot her in the chest but not kill her yeah that, that dude's a fucking sniper yeah promote that uh, guy non-lethal takedowns yeah should have been firing a beanbag arrow <laughs> oh god. Shut up. Uh, oh god. Anyway, anyway, so uh in order to uh to to sort of make amends 
for this. Uh, we are uh, participants and privy to the Grand Melee. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of which just came out of nowhere. It did. Yeah, it came out. By of the game. way, Grand Melee. No way. Yeah, it's like the Grand Melee was cool, but it's like okay, we're literally like everyone's on the brink of being crazy. Let's just fight each other for fun to boost morale. What? Like what? What they made it sound like was that it was some kind of Ishgardian tradition that when Ishgard used to be part of the Eorzean Alliance, this was a thing, and now that we are once again part of the alliance, they're like bringing it back. I did not get that. Uh, I, I did pick yeah, up no, no I, sense of was, that. It was who said it. It was um, I want to say it was either Merlewib or Nanamo. One of them said to Amerik, "Oh, it's good to see that Ishgardian traditions are being upheld once again, or something like that." And I just kind of mm. figured, "Oh, okay, this must be a thing that's happened before in Ishgard, um, or something like that." No, um, I think you're lying. No, Ishgardian so traditions of, are being upheld. Solve per- political end. unrest by fighting each other. <laughs> I like how they made a mini game for a, a, a single event. Yeah, it's like, Basically I want to see that PvP as a PvP match. Yeah, yeah, I sat there saying, like, are we like getting a tutorial for the feast? Yeah, right. Is that what this is? It, it, I, 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 it was it was way out of nowhere. I mean, in terms of I mean, in terms of like a MSQ quest, like like thing to do. It's it's pretty inventive. I gotta yes. give you that. And it was fun. It was I a lot of fun. Enjoyed it, it. it was well presented, and I like how the rules of the game sort of led into your final matchup against Raubon. Yeah, because it's like everyone with a tether is worth more points. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, no, they did. They did a really good job. It's just they it came in so out of left field that I was like, I was take, I, I was, I was caught a little bit off guard by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to, yeah, they they did do a really impressive job. And, and the showdown with Raoban and just Ra- so like, cool, yeah, like like something you've known would happen eventually, yeah. But like you sat there thinking, like, how would they ever work that into the lore where I have to fight Raoban? I just what what bothers me about this whole grand melee thing is like they're trying to boost the the morale of Ishgard. Obviously, everyone's shaken up after the thing with the chick getting shot or whatever, and they're on edge about the dragon. So sure, if Ishgard wins, we're gonna boost morale. But if it wasn't for the Warrior of Light, Ishgard would not have stood a. Hands. Well, and everyone kind of acknowledges that but fact, like, so too. But, like, how does that really boost morale? Like, Because we're all supposed because, to be smarter than the Amarik, regular soldiers. You know, Amrick's been flirting with me, and I kind of, like, went, oh, okay, okay, you got me. I'll join your side instead. Like, really, I, I, I started in Ulda, and I'm part of Limsa's Grand Company. I have no reason to fight on the side of Ishgard, but because I did... I, I, I don't say that Ishgard's morale would really be raised because I feel like the average person would be smart enough to be like, oh, I don't, well, need, if the Warrior of Light wasn't okay, on our team, we wouldn't stop. want. Now, okay, here's your problem. The average person is not smart enough to realize that. Well, and I, I wouldn't say you have no reason to fight for Ishgard. They did take you in when you were a refugee. Like, you had nowhere else to go in Eorzea. I have a much longer and stronger connection with the other three nations of Eorzea. Not in Heaven's Ward, you don't. <sighs> Let go of the past, Nika. I don't know. I just feel like how much morale can you really raise if, like, without the Warrior of Light who ha- just happened to be on your side at that moment in time, I that th- you wouldn't have won. Okay, I, Nika, that Nika, means your generals and your warriors are really not that strong. Okay, Nika, <laughs> it's 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 basically a sports t- uh, a sports game. Does anyone really care if uh, Joe quarterback uh, carried the team? No, they care about the team winning. 
That's all that they care about. Oh, yeah, Ishgard won. Oh, we got carried by the Warrior of Light? And that, nah, whatever. That might be a huge morale booster for them to say, oh, the Warrior of Light who hails, like, who came from these other lands chose to be on our team. That's true. And chose to, like, wear our colors. Like, that would be a huge morale boost, by I feel the like. Way. I feel like. If it was me, I'd be like, but our own soldiers and our own guys really aren't that strong. By the way, I, I want to complain about something. Why did they give us the grossest armor ever <laughs> we had to that's hearts and farts it's the worst armor mr jack Unless, loves cocks wait. penises pork swords and dongs <laughs> big ones and small ones and all type of schlongs he doesn't like vaginas because he think they look wrong but he will try anything after a hit from the bong hashtag potato <laughs> wow <laughs> okay they're getting more and more creative as uh as we go on here um, but uh, uh, and that that just totally derailed. I just like, thought it was weird that they like didn't yeah. even like sew up the like the hole in the armor. Like it was really cold on the tummy right there. <laughs> Wait, was that the actually Hashafart's right. armor? No, it, it would have been better if it was. It's true. No, it was just Ishgard's colors. Yeah, it, I, it, I like it, the idea. They have like, hideous our, colors and armor, by the way. Just, I love the character idea of my character like drowning in Orshafant's robes as she's trying to like walk around. I think that's hilarious. We lose because the Warrior of Light can't function in this awful armor. Bogged down in awful armor. <laughs> it's so hideous. The power of the Warrior of Light is not from his yeah, it was how his lightness. It's from his, his, his gear. And then and 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 there was another there was another moment where they like forced removed your helmet too, <laughs> and I was not happy about that. Oh, I never have my helmets on because uh, I like my face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, like they well, do so do wait, a lot wait, with so facial expressions in, in this game. No, wait, 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 wait. They take off your helmet. I thought that was your head. It is my head. You were headless. Yeah, that's yeah right. it was weird. It was weird. You they, had no head. There was. It was a weird cutscene. That would have. That sounds very weird. It, it, it was, was like a black hole of where a head should be. Yeah. I'm surprised no one freaked out. Honestly, you, you know, you know the, uh, you know the shadow man from uh, the um, the Hildebrand side quest. That's sort of what my face looks like. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. It is creepy. But I did have that moment as the grand melee was starting up and like the three leaders of the nations were sitting down where I was like hi Connie Senna please don't look at me I'm sorry uh, so yeah the, I again the, the grand melee in terms of an event in and of itself that was fine I thought it's placement in the MSQ was cool mm-hmm. just seemed very I don't know Holy out of left crap. shoehorned in yeah the shoehorning so then that gets us to the uh, the peace summit and right back where we started. Yeah, right. Yeah, literally, that was of no consequence to the story at all. We had to go to Mount but Doom and back to restore the status now. quo. Everyone's happier now. That's Are they? They are happy that Ishgard won. Okay, you know what? Nameless Archer got to shoot an arrow through some protester. So, yeah, he's happier. No, he was upset. He's, so was the no, he's he's no he, the archer's a he's a super big dick. Well, the, well, the, the the archer just gets to sit at home because he's uh, he's on administrative leave. We, we should take a he's moment. He's not getting fired. He's not getting you know <laughs> his his pay is not getting docked at all. He's just you know not having to do his job ever again because yeah. that's what we do with <laughs> never mind All we right. should take a moment though to discuss Emanolin's character growth that he does see between the archer moment the punch square in the face and the grand melee because he does 
really develop as a character through that period. Um, I think he is a very realistic character. Like, if he was alive in real life, he's like the youngest of all of them, right? And he was put in charge of this, and he, he tried to make the best decisions, and it all went to hell, and he was really upset about it, and then he grew as a character. He, I think, so far has had the most character development out of any character in this game. And a broken nose will do that. Well, <laughs> it'll make you reevaluate some things. Like, a Nero, you know, a controller in the face will make you reevaluate some things. Definitely will. Yeah. So maybe that he had that moment where he got clocked and he's like, you know, maybe this is on me. Maybe I need to take a look at where I'm at in my life. And he does. Very much so. Well, we get we get introduced to his what squire is that what he's called? Uh, you know, I had to do so, work very hard not to make jokes about that. Uh, well, yeah, that's I was gonna say like we do get a lot of character development out of him because apparently he's the first pederast that we've ever met. The ambiguously gay duo, which he's that that squire's very young. That squire is very uh, very young. Yeah. Well, we heard that you're gay, and he his reactions are like. I kind of thought of over it as like a big the top. thing. No, 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 come on. You don't think that if that was like his brother, he wouldn't feel the same way? No. I, I kind of thought that he had that kind of relationship with him because he's he's a squire. He took in, obviously, and has cared for for a long time. Like, that doesn't have to be romantic feelings. I, I, didn't, I did not get that. Like, honest to God, I didn't even think of that until you guys just brought it admittedly, up. Admittedly, yeah, we anal intercourse, Maui, Zowie. <laughs> Admittedly, in 3.0, when that character was first introduced, I thought that character was like the youngest brother of the family, but they obviously snuffed that right out. And yeah, I was no. Like, and th- like and that's what makes it awkward. That's what makes it awkward. Like, if it, w- I guess if it was his brother, like that would make a little bit more or sense to me. A brother figure. <sighs> I don't know. Like, if, like, if, if they that's, say where he came from, like, was he taken in by them? If that's what they're trying to imply with that scene, Nika, they did a very, very poor job but of establishing I, that because his I didn't catch his, that at all. his concern bordering on panic was that's your penis but see, bizarre. I also felt like it was part of the whole everything I try to do goes wrong like he's mm. like oh my god I'm the, the first time I'm ever in charge of anything I do this to my squire and he gets practically killed it's all my fault holy shit I suck at everything I fuck life like that's what I was getting from him not that he was in love with him get in the robot Shinji okay look it, it's <laughs> no, I mean, that's what I was getting from him I was seeing his character he was tearing himself apart because every time he made an order somebody got hurt and that was the character development I was feeling not any mm. kind of romantic feelings between him and the person himself it was more like everything is my fault and people are dying because of me I am a horrible horrible leader fuck me well, he is a that's horrible, what horrible I was person getting and leader. that's what I was getting not that there was actually romantic feelings there yeah, see, I I don't know. I don't know. I I got I I got the other side of it that where the his concern for that kid was just out of nowhere. Like he literally runs out of the room to go find him and it's like this is the first time that that character has ever been mentioned or or, or shown to us on screen and we're like, dude. They're they're like, "Where's your squire?" He's like, "Oh, where is my squire?" And he like runs out of the fucking room. Like Bruno has a good point in the chat. That the kid said the battle scars will make the ladies like him. So there. Well, that's not wrong. I I like I don't know like very much like knight lore from like like what knights would have been like. Were knights close to their squires? They were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair then. Like, I mean, so um, like a girl, please. I don't. I don't that think. Gay? I don't think that if he was if he was actually in some kind of relationship with Manolin that he would say the ladies will like me now. 
Like, that's not a thing he would say. So you guys just like to look into everything being gay because for some reason you have gay on the brain. <laughs> it's because Square Enix you keeps trying to cover it up. Yeah, no, that's that's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's Square Enix putting it in there. And it, it's, you know what? It's, just, my, it's just uh, the gaydar is going off. Listen, like, it happens. Or, Orshifat took my gay best friend away and I need to replace him somewhere. So I'm looking. All this, <laughs> all this stuff, like being gay, all centers around Ishgard. Hmm. And their long poles. <laughs> huh. I think I'm, 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 I'm catching on to you, Square Enix. I don't know. I, I thought, I thought it was weird. Um, but all right. So uh, at the end, uh, as as we, uh, you know, as we're talking to, um, uh, which is which of the dragons is it that comes uh, to the thing? Not Race Felger. No, both. that's what that's what that's Vidolfnir? what. Vidolfnir. Vidolfnir. Thank you. Vidolfnir. She's the leader. That's right. She always is. Uh, so yeah, Vidolfnir shows up and uh, they unveil the uh, the the new symbol, the peace symbol, uh, which I actually thought was very well designed. Yes, I, I like that. Uh-huh. It's a very cool symbol it looks very hard to clean unfortunately yes yeah we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that oh right yeah yeah, yeah. um but they did make they made a big deal about the the symbol unveiling and i yes. thought that the scene and that they did it in was very well done yes uh that uh imrick's uh uh quotes were very good you know like his speech was very good okay i didn't understand that whole emmerich thing with uh the lucia okay we're, we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that in just a second uh because i i, I think i think that actually has to do with with something that's tied into the end so we we oh, then yeah. see we then see the return of uh estinian and nidhog estinian comes back he's got both of the eyes like he's got the Mr. His, X thing going on. He's he's straight up Resident Eviling this shit, man. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, he's it, it, both of the eyes are like literally on his armor. They glued to in, him. Yeah, gl- it, like in his armor. It's fused to it. Um, and uh, he comes in and uh, spears uh, the the dragon, and which f- nobody saw coming except literally everybody. And Actually, I didn't. Oh come on, really? really? I mean, I thought maybe, but like when it actually happened, I was like, oh, shit. I think like it would have been much more effective on Nidog's part if he had just masqueraded as a Stinian. Like, why announce who you are? Because you have giant eyeballs on your armor, dude. How are you going to masquerade as a Stinian? He's magic. He can fix it. Like, the it. thing is, is that with how trusting all of us are, if he walked in, even with the eyeballs and he's like, man, guys, I'm trying so hard to fight this. But right now I'm, I am a Stinian. I, I'm suppressing the darkness. We would believe him. <laughs> No, so it's like it's not that hard to lie in this game to the warrior. Literally, if he just showed up and like was up on there and jumped down and speared Vidofnir and then ran off, we would be stuck trying to convince people, no, it wasn't a Stinian, it was Nidhogg. That would have yeah. restarted the war much more effectively. That's what I thought was going on. I'm like, that yeah, was my expectation. Yeah. I'm like, like, come on. Right. I thought we were literally going back to square one with this shit. So did I. Yeah. But then it turns out Vidofnir's not dead. Of course not. Of course not. Because yeah. no one can die. Yep. Uh, very important. Her her wounds are just being. They're pen- critical. It was very very <laughs> real. It was touch and go. But it was like a two point five k jump. <laughs> uh, He's still using the the fucking. Whatever he's still like awful a blood spear. splattered armor, which is Yeah, he's got Gable going with a spine shatter dive. It wasn't why, good. Why is he still wearing the bloody armor though? Can you imagine how disgusting that must smell? He's a dragon. Him? Why does he care? 
It's gross. Because it's been imbued with uh, the the power of who Dragon Blood is magical, so yeah. it gives him magic properties. That's right. One of which is fastidiousness, which makes it not smell. Uh, the more you know. Okay. Does so, your ass hurt? What? Does your ass hurt? Because you just pulled that out. <laughs> uh, if you would read up on dragon lore, then you would know this about dragon blood. Why do you think people drink it? So their insides smell. No, they peaty. turn into dragons. Who is this juxta that I'm sitting next to? Okay, so there were there were two very cryptic things yes. that ended up happening, and both of them concern Imric. Imric says to Lucia, uh, Lucia, that he if if he deviates from the script, that to to just have her go along with it, and she says, of course, every time I do. And then the other thing that happens is as we see Nidhogg flying away, it, we get a close up of Amric who is turned away from us, so we can't hear him, but we see him mouth something. Right. What do you think's going on here? I'm like you I almost get the feeling that uh Nidhogg may have like just gotten in the way of what Imerk had planned to do. Like I almost thought like Imerk maybe was planning a betrayal here. What? I, no, I don't no. know. No way. What? No way. Why would he deviate from the script then? I don't think I don't think a betrayal is what he's talking about. I think that he's planning something so like the opposite of betrayal, but he's going to be doing it in such an extreme way. Okay. Um, that other people may not agree with. However, Lucia will always follow him to the ends of the earth. Why would he have to say that to her? Yeah. Like you would just try like if if he's going to say something that is going to be pro peace, which is her goal as well as his, then why Probably would he need to give her that warning? Whatever he's going to do is even outside of the realm of comfortable comfortableness of Lucia. And he wants to give her a warning that what I'm about to do is probably not at all. When you say, I think by the script doesn't necessarily mean he's following a plan. But I think when you say like, I'm not following, you know, I'm going off the script, guys. I think it means that he's not sticking true to his like role as, you know, Emmerich and what he's supposed to be doing in Ishgard. He's he's going to deviate so far from that, that what he could be doing is almost seemed as not like traitorous or betrayal, but like so extreme that it's not befitting of his role in the nation. What's he going to ask her on a date? No, he's going to do something so extreme. Like, I don't know. So why would they? So from a writing and and narrative standpoint, if that was the case, that he had something planned, but Nidhogg showed up and and ruined it. Why would they show us in the first? Like, why would they show us that scene between Amric and Lucia? Like, why even bother? Because, like, I mean, as the audience, we didn't know that any of that was happening. That's just that's basically what that is doing in terms of like from a writing standpoint is that setting up the audience's expectation to go. Something's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it definitely is. A lot of people in the chat are thinking that somehow he was planning to sacrifice himself. And I'm thinking, I mean, Estinian is like his his brother in arms. Right. Why would why would be a way that he's going to be trying to 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 somehow bring Estinian back? Because he keeps talking about saving Estinian. Right. Why he's going to bring Estinian back by sacrificing himself to the dragon. Why would why would Amaric sacrifice himself to the dragons what would that accomplish wait it hold on Stinian. no why would I don't Stinian? how Emmerich is trying well Emmerich keeps saying that they're going to save him no matter what I so. thought that was what Alfino wanted yeah, to do I, that's not Emmerich who Everyone wants that wants to kill Estinian except Alfino 
Yeah, yeah. Alfinal is the one who wants to and save it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What if I just thought of this right now? What if Emric was going to drink dragon's blood to become a heretic or whatever to like form more bonds with the mm. dragons? He'll turn in. He'll turn into a dragon. Hmm. Uh, don't dragons frown on that? I don't know. I'm pretty sure dragons are not happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think... don't like that either. Dragons and humans don't like that. But what if he thinks that by drinking dragon's blood, he'll become more powerful enough that he can fight Nidhogg? No, because don't... clearly none of us have the power to stop Nidhogg, but he might think that if he does that... Because, yeah, if he says, forgive me from, from deviating from the script, now that Vidolfnir is hurt, Vidolfnir has blood available for the drinking. So maybe he just kind mm-hmm. of thought of this, and he's like, okay, if I drink her blood, I will have her power, and then I can fight Nidhogg one-on-one. But he says it beforehand. Yeah. yeah. It's beforehand that he says, I might deviate from the script. I I don't, I cannot fathom what it might be that he was planning on mixing up. No, because I'm pretty sure, he, like, we constantly see heretics uh, forcing people to drink dragon's blood. Right. And even in Snowcloak, we see dragon or heretics drinking dragon's blood, and they're fighting alongside dragons. Mm-hmm. So I don't think dragons frown upon drinking dragon blood because I think that just turns them more to their more people to their side, right? No, because the people that drink dragon's blood become kind of crazed, and they they kind of turn between humans and dragons, and they're kind of uncontrollable, and that's not that's attractive. No, no, I remember a, a, a side quest where someone had uh, someone drank dragon's blood, and she was like in control or something, and she was staying away Dragoon, from her dragoon fifty to sixty. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But I, like, are the heretics aligned with the dragons? Aren't they? I, I don't think they're ever shown to be aligned. They're, they were a no, separate not, problem that you were dealing with when you were doing Ishgard story. Like you, had, you, they were a separate issue that that, that Ishgar was dealing with. I don't yeah, think they were aligned the with the dragons. The quest has to stay away because if she comes close, she's afraid of hurting people. Yeah, but the leader of the heretics was Yisail, and we get tons of exposition to to her and what she was trying she didn't to do. Have dragon and power. well, no, she didn't have dragon power, but she was definitely trying to broker peace between dragons and humans. She was, but she hadn't succeeded yet. No, either. she hadn't succeeded. Yeah. But a very fallen deer. She was doing nah. it. You're breaking up, Nico. One sec. Yeah, the the fucking connection again. Oh, I think we're gonna have to push Feck back. We definitely. I think we are. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. definitely. We're not gonna be able to. Uh, but do Feck like this? This I, is. I uh, I I don't know. Like that that scene, especially what he mouths afterwards to to Imeric, or to Astinian as he's leaving. I, because I said the thing, you're like, oh, I can't even try to read his lips because it's probably in Japanese. Right. But well, you I, can't read lips in this game anyway. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Very, very weird. Yeah, it, I, can, can, he, can you hear me? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, Nika, you're back Did he actually mouth it to Astinian or was he just mouthing it like to Astinian's back? Like, did Astinian see what he mouthed? No. I think he was just mouthing it as, as Nidog was flying okay. off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I. So it's just like they're in cahoots. That's see. I'm thinking. I'm sort of thinking that we're dealing with like a wag the dog situation. Did you guys ever see that movie? Wag the dog. No. Wag the dog. This was basically. Um. It was a movie that it had uh, Dustin Hoffman in it. I can't remember who else. Uh. But it, it was a movie where um they uh, there are White House uh uh workers who are staging a war, like a, te- a televised war. To be able to keep the president in office? Well, either it's keep the president in office or um, it's like a means to an end to like do whatever that. Yeah. Push a legislature or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're dealing with with kind of like a a similar ish 
situation there that um, it's entirely possible that, yeah, Estinian and Imrit could be in some kind of cahoots with one another. I don't think so, though. How would they even be in cahoots? Well, think about it. The entire time you're going through Heaven's Word, Imrik is insist. Every time you're talking to Imrik, Estinian shows up, and then it's either like like he he basically forces himself on your party, and Imrik is kind of complicit with that. Like he doesn't like he doesn't like you have to take him. But he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Go yeah, ahead and do it. Exactly. And, and I mean, Amaric has gained the most out of this. I mean, he's the leader of Ishgard now. Right. Out of, so out of all the events that have happened, he has stood to gain the most. Okay, but are we are we really throwing doubt and suspicion onto Amaric? My Bay would never betray us. I knew that was going to come. Okay. Up. Well, Nika aside, uh, Anira or Scalia, do you throw suspicion on him? Because I don't. I I'm pretty trusting of Emric right now. I am too. I don't think I don't think he's in any kind of cahoots with Estinian. But I do think there is a lot more going on with him than what we're privy to. I think, and I do think that he has something in mind that is not good. Well, we've. I mean, there, there's internal unrest in in Ishgard. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 highborn lowborn division is is uh, you know as strong now as it has ever been. Uh, so yeah, it, there's. I mean, there is a lot at play. There are a lot of forces within Ishgard that would like to see him fail. There are forces outside of Ishgard that I think would like to see him fail, including the Asians and uh, possibly even the Garleans, because we don't really... Oh, so the Garleans would be very happy for Ishgard to not be able to help the Eorzean Alliance. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I don't... You know... It, 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 there, what is implied at the end of 3.2 is very interesting. Okay. Another thing I just thought of is like... Um, during right before Emric talks to Lucia, he talks like he kind of questions himself, like saying, "Do the internet is holding out and the stage is set? An hero is a Lala, a Taru, or a small pet. I like making donations, but it gets me in debt. But I make more and more money for LBR than Juxta in the bed. Hashtag Red Fate. Hashtag Potato Den. That was good. That was, that was good. Very that good. Was a good one. Nice job. Not true, but good job. Hey, your fucking cable bill hashtag contest sucks dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Good hashtag. Who is that from? God damn. I- be 69. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. But I do pay my fucking cable bill. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why we pay it. It's seriously. Did, did, did he donate the amount of your cable bill? Mm, I don't know. I, what was He donated uh, five bucks. Oh, okay. Definitely not. Right. Definitely not. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, Emrick. Uh, kind of is before he talks to Lucia about the piece of me, he's kind of like waffling back and forth saying maybe like, am I really doing the right thing? Like the lowborns have a kind of have a point with like, what, a, what have they been dying for kind of thing? Am I making that up or did that kind of happen? Well, I think he recognizes that change is always painful and it's always very difficult to have happen, but I don't know that he's necessarily waffling on the fact that it needs to happen. Waffling with peace with the dragons. Yeah, I think he. De- I think he's very committed to it happening. I just think he's recognizing that we're pushing a lot of change really fast, and it's going to be harder for some people to accept than others. Which I mean, like th- this story does a good job of pointing out like the narrative of like these people are upset because they've lost family members and they've been at war for so long. But at the same time, their solution is more war. 
You know what I mean? Right. And like learning how to grieve without holding on to that hatred is kind of a theme of 3.2. But I, I don't know. Like it, it's definitely weird how Amrick handled that, the mouthing of something, talking to Lucia beforehand. There's, I feel like, like we look at Thornton, who was very misguided. I don't necessarily think he was evil. He thought he was doing the right thing, like so many Square Enix villains do. Yeah, and in a, in a certain light, he really was trying, like, doing the right thing, even if it was horribly misguided. And we might be seeing Amorik starting to walk down that same path, where he's going to do whatever it takes to make his ambitions come true but because he believes they're right point of him saying that he was going to not follow and be like his father he was going to do everything better but that's kind of the irony of it isn't it i guess i mean a lot i think a lot of us strive not to be our parents but we all end up kind of being our parents maybe we're going to explore that theme a little bit i don't know it's I, I whatever they're setting up here i'm i'm interested to to see what it is and i yeah. hope it's not it's i hope it's not the classic square enix like like version of misdirection that they do which is like which is like hey here's a cryptic thing and then like the next patch we get an explanation of exactly what that was (laughs) i would like some explanations of what's going on but that one they could let simmer for a little bit i think i really like my uh drinking the blood of the dragon thing so that's my that's my head cannon now Next patch, I really do want to find out once and for all what's going on with Ida and Papalimo. Like, this has been dragged out enough. It is time for us to know. No, I'm willing to bet that because they said that this this patch was supposed to be the beginning of the end of the Dragon Song War leading into the next expansion, Ida and Papalimo are going to Alamigo and we're going to meet them there. Yep. (laughs) This is exactly (laughs) with the the Crystal Braves way back in 2.0, 2.1. You think they're going to be this patch equivalent, the thing that's going to bridge us to 4.0? Yep, that's setting Mm -hmm. everything up. Absolutely. They're off like in some like crazy weird land. Like they are definitely investigating what's going on in Alamigo. If that's the case, if that's the case, then do we get a resolution to the Warriors of Darkness this patch or this uh, expansion? Gosh. Probably. I think so. I think so. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that uh, you and Popular Moro are going to be the bridge to, that takes us to Alamigo. Because yeah, I mean, definitely. We're, uh, like uh, they're basically in my head, they're like doing stuff in Little Alamigo in that general area. What is that? Uh, South Thanalan? Central yeah. Thanalan? Something Thanalan. Something Thanalan. Then so. we should probably revisit whether we think that they're talking about the Warriors of Darkness not being who they say they are. They're probably no. investigating people claiming to be Alamigans. That's what I think. That would be my guess, then, if that's what's going on, if that's what the bridge is going to be. Yeah, I mean... That's true, because not a lot of Alamegans actually got away. Right. So, the one, like, maybe they're with a band of people claiming to be Alamegans, and that was their escape from uh, Uldah. But now they're starting to wonder, like, eh, these guys might not be who they say they are. It's know. possible. It's possible. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Hopefully, if the phone lines will uh, keep us alive, we'll keep. Yeah, we'll uh, stay up uh, and uh, joining us. This is our first caller on Discord, which, by the way, if you'd like to uh, join our Discord chat, uh, you can do so at limitbreakradio.com slash discord uh, to uh, be able to download or uh, be, get access to uh, to the room or any information. Uh, Kuki will help uh, get you on the air just like she did for Strife. So Strife Light Shade, thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks, Nira. Uh, so uh, wh- so what do you want to talk about in terms of uh, 3.2, man? 
So in 3.2, with Midas coming out, uh, a lot more people, at least from my perspective, seem to be into rating than they were before. Uh, you were saying, I think a week or two ago, the mechanics seem a lot better. It's a lot less about DPS checks. It's a lot more about um, knowing mechanics, learning the dance, and like practicing stuff like that. Uh, do you guys see this as like momentum going forward? Yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot more interest in in trying Savage Mode and and trying to you know take that next step into raiding with Midas. I think they did Absolutely. a much better job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and 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 I'll I'll say this again because I said this on the last episode, but um it, you know they did it not through putting a big shiny at the end of the at the end of the raid but they by, by making their game fun yeah they did it by making the encounters actually fun and engaging yes and so yeah i actually do think that this bodes very well and i also think that you're right i've seen way more people attempting uh sephiroth ex uh attempting savage mode and and actually getting through savage mode in in reasonable fashion so we we, i mean we lobbied forever for glory gear to be what brought people to raiding and they kind of decided to go the other route with it just like if we can make the encounters fun enough people will do them and that's fine it's just that's a much harder trend to keep up yeah absolutely what about you uh strife what do you feel do you think that uh uh the, the raiding community is a lot more energized now so from my perspective it looks like yeah there's definitely a lot more casual interest in raiding uh, a lot more <clears throat> sorry a lot more people are completing the normal modes for sure i've seen a lot more pugs uh for savage and the party finder across a couple servers which is interesting uh the only thing i worry about is that compared to other games that i've also played for years uh it looks like they still don't have any plans to increase the number of bosses and i worry especially on a six month cycle between current raid content yes we get the 24 man void arc and stuff like that but for the eight man real current Mm -hmm. raid content there's a six month gap and if we're going to have a six month gap all the time and they're only giving us four bosses like they did in 2.x i worry a lot of other games do like 12 sure half of them are crap but hey it's still more time to clear the content and it keeps people invested it's still variety too right exactly so with such little variety and such low numbers of terms of number of bosses in a raid can they sustain this going forward even if with better mechanics and better engagement and things like that oh i think i that's that uh, another great point uh and uh, i think that this is this is one that we've uh we've talked about before but yeah it seems like for the end game community those that are very much plugged in to uh these really difficult challenges that you've only got four maybe five if you count whatever current ex is going around uh encounters that you can do and then yeah you've got to wait six months for the next piece of content that's relevant to you because of course the the, uh, you know the the next patch that we get the next actual patch that we get is going to be all catch-up stuff right so um yeah no i i think i think that uh that those are are very valid questions and i i think that this is what we're going to be this is what we're locked into for the duration of of 3.0 yeah and the only the only kind of hope that I hold out is what they end up adding to Diadem in the next patch cycle will be something that endgame players will also enjoy. Now we've I mean Square Enix has said that there's a desire for um uh, uh, for Diadem to be kind of middle ground content, and they probably won't end up uh, putting an extreme challenge there. 
But I, I, I'd like it. To, I mean, I think it would be good if it was something that was just that that was just a little bit more difficult than what we had before. That was just. They don't need to crank it up, up to 10, but crank it up a couple notches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that may give, uh, you know, the the end game community, not necessarily the raid specific raid community, the eight man raid community, uh, the injection that it that it needs. But it's it's something there that's being added towards the end game of of this game. And that's what the that's what the game needs needs more of. Uh, yeah. I think the, the problem that we've identified again and again and again is that there is really like there's there's a big gulf between the amount of stuff that you can do as a casual middle ground player and the the amount of stuff that you have to do if you're at the bleeding edge of content now yes those bleeding edgers still farm lore gear they still uh, you know they 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 still farm tomes they still uh work on relics okay they still do all the casual stuff they do all exactly right but they're also doing this hardcore stuff that you know like 60 percent of the the actual community doesn't end up ever messing around with and i i, I think square enix needed to do two things they needed to get more casual-ish players back interested in into raiding, which I think they've done. Yep. Yeah, and, accomplished. And then now they need to start properly supporting that end of their game because the bulk of content that we have is aimed at casual play. And it's fine. As long as they keep adding dungeons, as long as they keep adding easy, you know, easy uh, 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 alliance raids, then that's all fine but there needs to be more than you're right just four fights at the top yeah you're right and like five months from now we will be hungry for something new other than midas if they could sup, uh, supplement it with diadem a little bit that would be a big help but you're right you're getting all these people who are going to start trying raiding and are all of them going to like it no but are a portion of them going to like it definitely and yeah. once they've gotten that they're going to need something to keep them there. Something that's going to be interesting to them. Right. So, uh, Strife, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. What do you? What would you like to see in the next couple of patches that would properly you that you feel would properly support this end of the community? So there's a couple of things, right? Obviously, more bosses in the raid would help, but I don't know if we're ever going to get there until 4.x or whatever. And even then, who knows? But another thing would be right now they give us two or three dungeons a patch too lately. Um, whether that's the current trend going forward or not, who knows, but basically if they could give us, um, not what they're right now, they use hard mode as a way to justify, uh, giving us the same dungeon with a different route. Reusing assets. Exactly. I'd like to see an actual hard mode where it's the exact same dungeon, same route, but the mechanics are much harder. Other games have done this and it gives gear that's relevant to perhaps normal mode or or higher of the current eight man raid that, that way you, it's an alternate progression path you want hard mode to be kind of like when they do an extreme mode of a primal fight basically i, th- I think they could do extreme extreme uh, dungeons and and just if you yeah. just increase the reward whether it's you know uh more gear sets at you know like right now i think if uh if you had gear sets that were like 200 to 10 that were coming out of extreme uh, dungeons that people would be running that to be able to gear up their other classes. 
Right. And honestly, if you just change mechanics around and tune numbers differently and make it just a little different, that's not nearly the amount of effort from a game developer's perspective that new assets and design goes into. I mean, you're just redesigning the encounters a little bit and leaving the rest of the dungeon as is with buff numbers. That that gives us some content. Sure, it's not the best, but it's something, and it's very little effort on them compared to other things. No, you're absolutely right. And what they already do with hard mode, I think, is pretty cool by going and giving us a different perspective on dungeons that we already know. That's very cool from, like, just a... a a, a playing standpoint um you know and like an immersion standpoint but you're right they could literally reuse assets and just crank up all of the number values of uh of the bosses and and uh trash packs and as long as the reward is worth the amount of time or effort that you're putting in whether it's more tomes that are coming out of it whether it's uh you know uh gear that's coming out of it uh then i think you're right i think that that could be an exceptionally um uh, uh productive uh suggestion there keeper of the lake extreme would be really cool i think it would yeah yeah I, I mean, there are there are uh, lots of bosses that you fight in, um, you know, in uh, dungeon encounters that are really interesting. And and if their mechanics hit more, hurt more, or you actually had to meaningfully deal with them, you know what I mean? Like most of the mechanics in dungeons these days, you can kind of ignore. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Um, Anti tower is easy yeah well the both those dungeons are easy yeah amdapur on uh, the that first boss with the moth we actively try to fuck up the mechanics and we still clear it. i know it's <laughs> ridiculous oh so i i had an anti-tower the other day i was pissed about it afterwards but we i had a bard in my group who literally only used his like little aoe volley move where he shoots up in the air <laughs> On oh every, God. that's not even the best AOE. That's all he used <laughs> oh the entire God. dungeon. Oh no! Which was bad. Even enough. on the bosses. Even on the bosses. Oh no! Which was bad enough. But ah, I, yay. I tried. I tried to do like a vote kick for him. The rest of the party wouldn't do it. I'm pretty sure they were in a group of three together and probably just trolling me. But ah, yay! What got worse about it is as I've committed now to being effectively the only DPS in the group, then he started using my limit break one. <laughs> on every boss fight. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that sucks. It was the worst. I think and you were yet we still cleared without wiping. Okay, he was just trying to apply evasion down for the healer. That's for, right. For healer DPS. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness. Duh. Yeah, thank goodness. Dude, seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks. By the way, thanks for the call, uh, Strife. If you'd like to call Limit Break Radio, uh, you can do so. We've got a couple of ways that you can do that. Uh, you can send a Skype message over to Limit Break Radio on Skype, and uh, Kuki will uh, direct you here. 810-515-8715. Fab Fab loads up Pornhub. Fab Fab turns up a small bit of sound but makes sure Mrs. can't hear. Fab Fab changes hands to avoid cramp. Fap Fap tenses butt cheeks to enhance arousal. Fap Fap gets to point of no return. Fap so Fap Hadouken. Hashtag Ryuichi. Hashtag Potato Den. Thank you. That was so you. long that the image went away. <laughs> I know. It didn't, yeah, it didn't even stay. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you, Thor. Um, and uh, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. That was where we reached. Maybe. And uh, also, thank you, Strife, for uh, for calling in. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, or on Discord, Discord. Or, I'm sorry, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, all right. So uh, we got a little bit of in just a very brief glance at the Warrior of Darkness, uh, sort of overlooking the uh, the entirety of uh, what was happening at the Peace Summit, and then walks off, and Thancred follows him, and we don't really know what happens then. No, sure don't. That was literally a teaser that says, oh, hey, by the way, these guys exist. Yeah. Please don't forget. If, exactly. I mean, don't at forget least about they did guys. acknowledge him so that we're not like totally like, oh, they just forgot about this plot line from the first section of this, you know. No. Yeah, they're they're there. They're doing they're doing something in the background. Yeah, almost. I feel think like that's the only, literally the only reason it was included. I mean, when they when they were introduced, they were introduced because they were fighting primals, right? And they were like doing the shit that we thought we should be doing, right? Right, and so like they haven't even really had any like evil intentions yet, have they? They're like, no, no we're just better than you. No, they're yeah, they literally they, went and beat up Ravana. They are seen mm-hmm. with the Asians on the moon next to the Guardian space station. You're right. That one, the the Derp Lander was. So I, I don't know. Like, I literally feel like someone woke up. Uh, Yoshi woke up the morning that the patch was dropping and was like, hey, did did we put the, where's darkness in this patch anywhere? Oh, God, make a cutscene, And that's how we got that. <laughs> like, hey. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, and then uh, we also got a very brief visit with Gita and Poplamo, uh, who we, as we mentioned before, they are trying to figure out the identity of someone. We don't know who. Uh, could be our compatriots. Could be the uh, identities of the warriors of darkness. I mean, it could it be. It could be like the faction they're associating with right now. We have no clue. Could it be themselves? Dun dun dun. An introspection. Could it? Could it possibly be that uh, they're looking for the uh, the identity of the uh, kid with the white mask? No, probably, probably not. not. I don't but, think so because the primal storyline is very separate from. I know, that. but let's. While we're talking, that I was using that as a way it's to a transition. Segue, That's Nika. a segue. Gosh. Thanks. Okay, well, let's segue. Thank Eat you. a dick. Let's let's do that as I was trying to before. Eat a dick. No. Oh. Segue. Oh. oh. So we're talking about Hildebrand now, right? Uh, oh. no. Oh. We're gonna t- <laughs> let's talk about uh, Sephiroth. Uh, and uh, the continuation of the Primal EX storyline. Uh, we've got the uh, the kid in the mask with the U name that I can't pronounce and I'm not going to try. And uh, Ukulele. He's, he's hanging out in, uh, in uh, Minfilia's old office. And uh, you go there, you talk to him, and he says, oh, you got to do the thing. What is going on in this storyline? Does anybody know? Does anybody care? But every time we ever see this kid, he's basically like, hey, guess what? There's this new primal thing. You want to fight it? Let me show you how. And like he's been doing that for like three primals now, four primals. I'm like, like every X primal. It's like okay. I gotta, um, I, I, I've got to, yeah. But I mean, like, I've got to say that, like, is this gonna be? If this isn't someone, if this isn't a character that we already know or give a shit about. Why bother covering his face? Yeah, like that. If it's not, I, that, I'm gonna be guys. And you we'll, think? Get, we'll, we'll find out who he is in 4.0 with the introduction of a new race. No, Go. no. You know they you already know they did that once with Yigiri. I don't think they're gonna hit that button again. This is Yurianje from the past sent to the future. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's deep. Or I mean, or maybe he has like red eyes, so he's actually like an Alagon descendant or something. 
So well, the, I, at the at the end at the end of the Sephiroth thing, one of the people says, uh, one of your was it Yishtola that that's like ah, I peeked for a second under that mask or whatever. Like someone says that they saw underneath the mask for a brief I, second. I think oh, she's right. talking about like his like mask of like emotion. Yeah, like he doesn't uh, not show a physical any, mask. Yeah. Oh, I thought he meant she meant physical. No, mask. I think she meant that as a metaphor. Okay. Yeah. It's a metaphor, you assholes. You can't make a mask <laughs> metaphor about a character that wears a mask. It's very confusing. I, I kind of... Go Square Enix. She's poking fun at the fact that he's all mysterious and wearing a mask. That's what you so surely does. She's making a pun. Maybe I'm just determined for someone to actually be evil, but I kind of like thought like, all right, so he had us like free this icon so that we could fight them. Maybe he's just like hoping we'll like free one of the icons and lose. And then this icon's running a rampage. I, well, I kind of feel like he's on our side. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. But and and, and then you've also got uh, at the end, toward the end of the uh, the the Sephiroth storyline, you've got uh, the Garleans that make their big return. Not yeah. big return, but very brief return. <laughs> As and, always, and, and they do it spectacularly badly. And 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 it just like they've got some. It, it, I feel like that's where the Garlean stuff is going to be concentrated. Yeah, back with the, at the primals. <laughs> yeah. Though that's always their obsession. That is, yeah. that's been that's their, their thing. Eternal is, obsession. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're so trying to be the elegant empire, and they're just not. It's every, it's every James Bond villain trope. Like, like he sees <laughs> the, he sees the, the Garlean there, and he's like, oh, you were very good to have recognized me, but you're not worth my time, so I'm not going to kill you now. I gotta go. And How like, are you a superpower? <laughs> yeah, that, that exactly. They're spectacularly awful. Uh, we got a little bit more lore info about the continent of Maricidia. That uh, there were like tree-like beings that apparently were there before the dragons and before the what is it? The Makote? The Makote there? I forget. I forget. Something. Who, yeah, someone else. So, someone Some else. assholes. Someone else also came from Maricidia as well. Uh, but that's really about it. We we get we get the v- very brief appearance of a Garlean at the end who disappears. And he seems. Isn't this like a huge fucking letdown for how like big and powerful these icons are? Yes, it is. It's absolutely a letdown because this should feel like a massive confrontation. It should feel like yes. like there are stakes here, and it's just like it's some kid in an office telling me we're, like to go kill this fucking thing. Yeah, it feels very very weak. You you want you want like this this should be like the this should be Ragnarok effectively these guys reawakening and becoming free yeah I feel like somehow the normal modes or the hard mode should be part of the storyline like even if it's I mean I know the MSQ is doing its own Ishgard thing but somehow like in the middle of something Sephiroth should have just broken out and as a slaw and we had to go stop him like everything else well, went on the back I, burner see I was gonna say that I actually do kind of like that they that they disambiguated it into its own. Its own storyline. Its own storyline because but, it seemed really. But it doesn't feel grand. I, I agree. No, but I and I agree with you, Nika. But there was there's also this like this this like writing issue if you look at it from that standpoint where it's like how many times do they have to redirect us in the MSQ specifically to go and fight a primal or icon threat? Yeah. And that 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 happened throughout the entirety of 2.0 to 2.55 like literally every fucking time Minfili is like oh it's Leviathan now and there's another thing like you know what I, I mean I like, agree but the only issue is that like when you do it with the icons like this you can continue doing the MSQ and advance the lore of the world completely ignoring the supposedly grand threat yeah but you yeah, can just you not can, fight him at all you can do that with Crystal Tower too though 
You could have done that in Crystal Tower, and but that Crystal, was a huge threat. Was it? I thought Crystal Tower was more self-contained than that. Mm. Yes, yeah, so Crystal Tower too. You could just totally. I mean, you know. yeah, we were kind of exploring Crystal Tower as a thing. It was there was like no threat that the, this is like they're saying these guys are going to break free and end the world if we don't stop them. Yeah, I think, but I think that is also partly the fall of Square Enix for having such a formulaic release of things. I feel like you know they're like one primal per patch, two dungeons. With with their formula, I feel like. The, the three the warring triad honestly if it was going to be part of the main story quest all three should break out at the same time and cause shit but they're not going to do that because it's one primal at a time la di da di da so I don't know I, well, you know I, I kind of I wouldn't mind seeing like uh like a, a boss gauntlet run of all three primals at the very end of the and thing. And then the final v- fight is all three at the same time. VT- VTX Shiva makes a really good point that like Crystal Tower became more of a threat the more we explored and activated it and brought it kind of back to life. That is a very compelling like, point. We caused that issue. This is something that is happening because of something we did, by the way, in the MSQ. Like, we, that's what brought us to Azisla in this big floating fortress. Like the, the MSQ is what turned it back on. But it just doesn't seem seem like a threat like no it for, doesn't for all of the you know for all of the machinations that exist up in Oz's law and for all of the stuff that you know like uh, this is supposed to be you know the the um uh uh uh, Allegan, uh, you know, f- flagship. This is supposed right. to be one of their crowning achievements of their entire civilization, and it's just like, yeah, go up, do the thing. I now, the one thing I'll give them is that they do say Sephiroth is the weakest of the three, and we're literally catching him as he's waking up. I don't. I wonder if maybe the next one or the third one we fight will have busted free, and there'll be more to it. Yeah, I, I really do. I hope that they just add a bit more of a story foundation with uh, Uncali or whatever his name is. Uh, ukulele. U- ukulele. <laughs> ukulele. His name. Ukulele. Because um, uh, there's really, there really isn't much to latch on to there. And Azisla is the place that I am most interested in in terms of a zone. Uh, the stuff that takes place there, I'm most interested in in terms of like the Warring Triad stuff. And it's just like, it's a huge letdown to get no. Right. Absolutely no payoff from yeah, that no, zone exa- at all. Exactly. I mean, it is one of the coolest looking zones that they put into the fucking game. Yeah. So, uh, was it Nika or Anira who mentioned it? Like, maybe at the end you get to fight all three at once in, like, some maybe. sort of divine might type story. I, I would like, love fight. that. That'd be incredible. Ah, that would like, be cool. I can just, even if it's still, like, a circular battle arena, I'm just imagining, like, you've got one on the platform, you've got one flying yeah. and shooting you from the sky, and your team, like, even if it's not so, like, it would have to break from the formula. Like, you wouldn't just have to have, like, two tanks and whatever. No, a You'd 24 have to decide, man like, which one to attack. Like, no, even just, no, eight man. Eight man, because if it's 24 man, it's going to be way too fucking easy. Eight man fight against all three primals where there's something different going on and your party has to decide like where to attack like i know i'm dreaming it won't happen but it would be cool. i want something different and on a triangle platform yeah instead i don't of care a what circle. the fucking platform looks like but i feel like one of them should be on the platform one of them should be flying diving in and out and like the ones you can target will change and you have to decide you have to split your group up based on you know which ones are targetable at the moment i just think that would be so much fun and it'd be a little bit more random and not so it'd be awesome scripted you know like just having like I mean, I just have a feeling it's going to be the same thing. We kill Sephiroth, and then in the next one, we're going to kill the next one, and then in the next patch, we're going to kill the final one, and then yay, we win. And there's not going to be a big climax, and it's going to feel just like we feel now. It's not going to feel like a threat. It's not going to feel fulfilling, um, and that's going to be that, and it's going to make me sad. They definitely have to up the ante somehow. Like, this one, like, as an introduction to the icons, I would get it, but if that's literally all it's going to be for the other two, that's a major disappointment for something that should be 
should be major. Like we've been talking about the warring triad from a lore perspective now for over a year. Yeah, and that's the thing is that that was one of the most like and and Square Enix does this too, where they'll they'll throw cryptic shit out there and then they don't meaningfully follow up on it. Like we knew that the warring triad was going to be a big threat. Like a lot there, I, I know Juxta and I were both looking forward to what the yeah. storyline was going to be, and it's just there's nothing to grab onto. There's nothing. There's no meat to actually latch onto there. They should have had uh, Sephiroth like escape and then like we're gonna fight him but he like knocks us out or escapes or something <laughs> that's and then what starts, i thought it was gonna be yeah and then starts like fucking up zones and shit and makes it so this whole part of the sea of clouds is just like gone until you finish the storyline or something yeah yeah I thought wow I that would like be that. that would be very outside the bounds of what sc typically does yeah, yeah. and, and it would, you know it what? would be fucking, sweet fucking warring triad should have been something to push the envelope i agree I, I agree it was a great opportunity to push the envelope that sephiroth was a major letdown on the fight is fun no the fight is really uh, the the mechanics cool. and the fun uh, and the fun factor is definitely turned up uh, i will i will absolutely give them that yeah. it's just in terms of a narrative story reason i do not feel connected to that at all no at all nope. and it just would have it just would have taken some a couple of more scenes a couple of more things that we're doing like really set like why this is important and i actually want i i, I kind of have some of the same problems with alexander too oh, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that in a second but i want to go back to the phone lines here we've got paul bunyan of hyperion and uh paul wants to talk about the conspiracy of imric and lucia uh, to uh, bring Race Felger's blood to the fight against Nidhogg. Brood. Uh, uh, okay, his brood then. Uh, so, Paul, uh, Paul, thanks for calling the show. Gentlemen and lady, hello. Hello. Hi. So, let's talk uh, Let's talk about your conspiracy theory. Okay. Well, um, Occam's Razor is probably going to cut this down to ribbons, and any good uh, any good theory or uh, uh, hypothesis deserves to be to cut to ribbons before it gets tested and whatever. So, uh, feel free to make fun of it. Anyway, um, oh, we, here's here's my sucks. idea. We will. You're a hack. <laughs> Boo! I <laughs> uh, expected as much. All right. So, um, so Emric has this plan uh, to bring Harry uh, uh, Scaliger's uh, brood into his into his fold, uh, basically uh, making them tactically a part of the Ishgardian army. Uh, before uh, Nidhogg was pretty much just fighting with everybody who he had beef with, uh, his siblings who uh, wouldn't join the fight, or beating up his brother who gave him his eye because you know he felt sorry for him. And he knew that Horace Folger wouldn't wouldn't bat a lash at him if he uh, if he killed some of his uh, his uh, extended children, which is you know pretty much uh, solidified every time you do a um, uh, any sort of uh, fading in uh, uh, the uh, what is that area up there uh, over by the uh, over by his nest? Where is that? Uh, that's uh, not Sea of Clouds. It's the other one. Um, churning mist. Yeah, churning mist. Churning mist. Thank you. Yep. Names. Things. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's all blurred together now into a big, massive catamar. <laughs> all right. So um, it's obvious that he's got beef with everyone that he wants to have beef with, and basically he just he does enough damage to keep everybody off off of the off balance, you know, so that he can get what he wants done, punish the Asgardians for their treachery of Aeon's past, which nobody in you know Ishgardian anybody in Ishgard except for uh, except for the Pope uh, knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So basically, he's fighting a war on multiple fronts. He's got the Ishgardians off balance. They can't follow him up into some all because 
that's in the middle of Dravinian territory. There's dragons on all sides, and they would view any kind of invasion as a ten- as a as a as a bigger war against Ishgard than they wanted to have hand than they want to handle at that at that point in time. So, no invasion of uh, of Maricidia. Okay. So, so bringing Hrasefalger's brood into the fight would give them an edge against uh, against Nidhogg because they have never worked together before. And if you pose a unified front, much like the uh, much like uh, the European nations and uh, and and the U.S. Uh, did against the Axis uh, powers during World War II, uh, you would see the tide turn against Nidhogg pretty damn fast. See, I, I, so, I, 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 it's it's an interesting theory. Um, okay, so here's where the here's where the conspiracy part comes in. Okay. Okay. So, Estinians coming along with your group through all of 3.0, uh, whether we want him to or not, he's mm-hmm. he's there because he wants to be there. And Emmerich sees this and he says nothing. He has the power to pull pull Estinian back if he wanted to, but he sees an opportunity. And here's his adjunct, who is a former Garlean spy who he knows about only because she revealed her her true identity to him mm-hmm. and she has all of this all of this knowledge about espionage and uh, an insurgency that uh, he may not be aware of so he's getting fed ideas by uh, by her and he concocts a plan uh, together with Estinian and uh, and his adjunct and basically uh, Estinian is the Trojan horse for Nidhogg they give they pretty much give Nidhogg what he wants. He gets his eyes back. Mm-hmm. But Estinian's also still a part of the equation. He may give physical control over to Nidhogg, but that does not mean that his mind is completely open to him. So he could secret he could compartmentalize uh, that part of the plan and perhaps uh, perhaps feed Nidhogg uh, information uh, that would seem appealing to him at the time. You know, like insider information. Uh, Basically, the whole treaty thing uh, mm-hmm. could have been fed to Estinian uh, long in advance. That's that's a big gamble. That's a big gamble because it, how long has it been since the two eyes have been in one pl- place? It's been a long fucking time. Those eyes have been separated from each other for yeah. a really, really long time. And none of our characters, Imrik and, and Estinian included, would have any idea... What would happen if they came together? That's why, you know, we saw Nidhogg start to take control of Estinian. So I don't think that that is something that they could have even possibly begun to plan for. Um, I think they could have. I think they could have. Given the 1.0 storyline and the Dragoon storyline specifically, they saw that Estinian lost control of the eye because of Nidhogg's prodding from inside the eye. What makes you think that the opposite couldn't be true? Use Nidhogg's anger against Ishgard to his own ends. That's an interesting idea. Well, and the only thing like that I think kind of backs that is it's a very weird decision for Nidhogg to piss off uh, Vidofnir and Vidofnir's brood. Like, why yeah. are you, why are you literally, like, by attacking your own, you are effectively forcing Sorry us onto the same top, onto the same side. Yeah, but he's doing, he was doing that already. 
he had he had Hrace Valger's other eye in his head, so Hrace mm-hmm. Valger couldn't exactly uh, attack him openly back in the day because, well, half of his soul practically was sitting in Nidhogg's skull. Right. So you couldn't you couldn't have open conflict between two broods of dragons in that in that era. But now that Vidofnir's got both of his eyes back, Hrace Valger's got both of his eyes back. Uh, uh, Vidofnir got uh, got speared by Astinian at the behest of Nidhogg, what's to say that his favorite kid getting attacked by his brother wouldn't say, would make him throw down the gauntlet and say, okay, we're throwing him with the Ishgardians now because you have bloodied my son or daughter, depending Mm -hmm. on what gender they are. And then, I I mean, I guess... They had already turned against Nidhogg before. Like, when we went and met with Vidalfner, when we had Yisdale on our team, like... And we had met with Race Felgar. We had already turned against Nidhogg. Nidhogg and his breed are its own entity. So I don't think he's forcing the dragons on our side by attacking his own because he probably don't no longer sees them as his own anymore. Could yeah, be, but we're not talking about Nidhogg being in the conspiracy. Nidhogg is the reason why the conspiracy exists because he is the enemy that's going to unite all of these fronts together into a single wedge. Hmm. He is the, he is the enemy that they need to unify their nation maybe not quite bring, so deep of a conspiracy together like i don't know if like See, I, I if did, astinian was like was able to somehow contribute to this what if he informed imerick of it shortly beforehand and that's why imerick's going See, off script I, See, okay so i i do like what you sort of brought up at the at, at the end there that uh you know that that Nidhogg is essentially the eternal enemy and that you need an enemy to rally your state, rally your people, rally your cause behind. And that is sort of like there must always be a Nidhogg. You know what I mean? Like there must always be this existential threat to be able to keep peace and keep calm in your nation or I, I mean we we don't know I, I mean it could be it could be uh, that Ishgard is way more reliant financially on the byproducts of of the Dragon Song War and uh, it, you know and everything that uh, that that it gives you know that it puts out right. there into the world um that that it needs that as a nation to be to continue to be viable as long as they've been doing it yeah you got a lot of weapon makers who are going to need new work i mean it, you know and it, it, yeah, it's, the exact it's sort same of thing happened here in the u.s too back in world war ii we right. create we turned pretty much all of our car factories into factories that built tanks right. planes or things that would aid the war effort people went without meat for months because it was hyper rationed. Same thing with other materials. People were going on scrap drives. They would turn in old implements that nobody was using and and put it into the factories to to make more weapons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're right. It could be. It, it could end up becoming a commentary uh, similar to that. You know, like the the military industrial complex. Um, That's exactly where I was going. So, yes. are you saying that we have to have we like Estinian's plan was to give Nidhog both his eyes so we would have a common enemy? No, maybe that that, maybe not. that, that final eye that final eye was uh, was something that they didn't count on. I'm sure. Or maybe Nobody maybe knew they, where the second eye went. Well, maybe they did. Maybe that existed. We don't need. We don't know about the previous Nidhog or where he came from, uh, 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 or if there was some kind of. 
uh, uh, similar thing where there was a person that was sort of acting as the uh, 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 receptacle for Nidhogg or whatever is going on with Astinian. They, there, it's possible that Amrit could have known that getting both the eyes together in one place would imbue that person with the power of Nidhogg. And because we either didn't know or there wasn't a person that we could identify as Nidhogg before that, this allows Astinian and Imrik to essentially control the narrative of the war behind the scenes. Yeah, much like, you know, wag the dog. Wag the dog, yeah. That's sort of where I was going, but you added a couple of more jogs in there, and I, 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 think, it's an, I think it's an interesting idea. I definitely like the idea, and... Uh, uh, it, yeah, just there's a lot of there's a lot I can't of really see cryptic being shit. Okay with Vadolfner being killed, though, like I don't think he was he was he knew that that was going as to happen. a means to an end. I mean, why 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 give a shit about any dragon if it's just a means to an end to? Because he's con- making the big deal about the peace summit and the big treaty with the man yeah, and dragon be- and peace symbol, and I just feel like all of a sudden you're just going to be okay with killing one of the dragons to i don't know Amric Amric was exposed to the warrior of light uh, you know like in the we we met Amric in 2.0 didn't we yes yeah he was exposed to the warrior of light and if he saw something in us where he's like shit this is going to be a problem and it's going to come to our city we need to figure out what to do if he can't convince the archbishop to listen to him like look this warrior of light thing's going to be a problem Maybe he's just trying to do what's best for his city. Maybe he's just trying to do what's best for his country. I don't know, man. I I, I mean, we're we're left with we're left to open to a lot of speculation here. By the way, Paul, thank you very much for your call, Paul Bunyan of Hyperion. We uh, we appreciate it. If you'd like to give uh, Limit Break Radio a call, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715 or limitbreakradio.com slash discord to access our discord server. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot. I mean, there's a million different ways that it could go. But I think the point of this is that we don't like we absolutely don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. And I think that that's interesting. I think it's as long as these. This is my last donation and I have added some dollar to this. Sorry if I offended anyone or even just taken the piss. I'm really sorry, Aniro and crew. Please don't go bar me. I just fucking love the LB army. Hashtag pound your hashtag Zaladoria hashtag potato Odin. Oh, th- yeah. thank you, Thor. We would, socially awkward. We wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't dare think of uh, of getting mad at you. You're giving us money, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um. All right. So. Uh, let's let's get it around to really this is the last thing that w- we have to talk about in terms of story Alexander uh, <sighs> there's a little bit of something something going on here I started skipping the cutscenes by the end of it I was bored <laughs> I went back and watched all of the cutscenes last night because I was like there's got to be I'm sorry there's got to be something yeah but there's not there's got to be something interesting. And I mean, when you watch them sequentially, it makes a little bit more sense. But is it entertaining? No, it's is it really engaging. No, is it something you want to continue to watch? No, because and here's the thing is that none of the characters 
that are taking part in the storyline give a shit about what's going on. Like Sid and Biggs and Wedge, they're all just like, oh, look at that big thing coming out of the lake. Eh, that's a thing. It's got a bubble around it, though, right? Yeah, we should be fine. You know, like... They, they're just Let's like go poke it a little they're bit. so nonplussed about it yeah they're almost like oh what's that thing instead of like oh fuck the world is ending in the in the beginning of that when they would talk to when they actually talked about like the bubble it's like like are they just trying to like set up like a lore reason why it's okay that we're only doing this like every six months why we're addressing this I, is like that I, what they're trying to set up like here? i imagine sid is standing around like next to the bubble just poking at it just hmm What's that? You know, like, I, I, no one gives a shit. My doesn't give a shit. She just doesn't. Like, she, th- what is that character? Try moving some of those uh, muscles in your face. You got a lot of them, and they never move at all. <laughs> what bothers me, this is another cliche story of, like, oh, hey, I have this love, and the only reason that there's this big threat is because I wanted to see him again, and I activated a big, bad, mean monster. Like, okay. Yeah, it's it's the worst kind of cliche. So so we've got the butt plug black cone that uh, <laughs> apparently powers the entirety of Alexander, which is it turns out the codex that that's what the codex yeah. is. It's like information encoded on on stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Mide had the the final piece, so they the goblins couldn't put it together. But Mide at some point says that she used the goblins. Guys, it's a Japanese name. It's me day whatever i don't care uh that that she she's an ara they have japanese naming schemes she used uh the the goblins just like she's currently using us as a means to an end to be able to because she wants to she wants to hang out with her boyfriend one more time uh so there was this clan of aura which this is this is the only interesting part of this entire storyline because this is the only kind of like aura lore that we get right that that her clan uh, basically summoned Alexander into being using the Codex. And when that happened, her boyfriend got sucked up into the core of Alexander and everyone else got wiped out except for her. And she, the, the Codex got shattered. She took, oh no, she didn't take a piece. We found it in Round Rocks's Stash junk. Of garbage. Yeah, junk. And uh and, and so that's, that's really, that's it. That's, that's all we got. That's that's what we've got for a story, and uh, in in this part of the uh, uh, of of the raid, uh, we see. Uh, I'm just going to keep calling her Mide because it bothers you, Nika. Uh, sure. We see we see Mide lose her piece of the Codex, and it falls back into uh, All Thinks hands. God, that scene for, Be- where she loses that because I, he knew. I was sitting here like. Did we seriously? Did she just lose that because she stumbled? Yeah, yeah. No, it, no, but that's not it. It's because that he he has kind of rewritten time and rewritten time the goblin by like going back in time enough that he has right. made it. He has made it so that these things purposefully line up on purpose. Is that so that she will drop it? Is that, is that really like? Because I don't. He, he, he has re- went and he has seen. He has basically relived the same scene over and over to see what things play but, out. Like, but he was, knows that this platform is going to stumble, so he makes sure she gets on that platform. Like he's seen right. it so many times but alexander make sure it lines up alexander requires the full enigma codex to be able to work 
which he doesn't have until those events. So how could he control time without the full without he the full? He somehow knows the prophecy though, because he's yeah. talked he does. about he's talked about everything must go as written, and this is blah 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 blah. Well, you've so got, he but he's got the that, book. He's got a he's got a book, and we don't know what that book is. Yeah, he he just knows that like at this point in time, this platform will stumble, so I have to get her on this platform at this time, and blah 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 blah. Okay. He, like he knows everything. No, okay. Well, here's the problem: is that Maid is a fucking piece of garbage because just because the platform stumbles doesn't mean she has to fucking drop the goddamn piece of uh codex yeah yeah Yeah. so it's all her fault yeah i'm going with juxta you can't fucking tell me that he's like manipulating time or knowing exactly where to be when she when he has no control over whether or not she's holding the codex well you know Unless he does, unless he has seen this, unless he knows. I'm sure he's seen it before and he made sure that there was some kind of way that she would drop it. I believe that there was probably some part of the scenario where she didn't drop it. And so he rewound some or relearned something to make sure that she did drop it. Okay, but it's still like all her fault that she drops it. She is the worst character. This is a matrix shit going on. It really is. I mean, now we've we've brought time into it. How do you think time is going to uh, end up factoring in in the story moving forward? It's weird because it's not really time travel. It's it's like, not. It's, it's time recognition. It's it's like time reversal, but inside of that bubble. It reminds me. Okay, I want to be There's a, a movie nerd with this. my favorite TV show ever, Fringe. And there was an episode where there was a guy with a time machine whose wife had Alzheimer's, and he would keep rewinding time. Um, to to bring her back so that she could finish this this formula for like a real time reversal machine and she could never quite complete it so he'd keep rewinding time and, and it was only inside of the bubble in his house and eventually because he had messed with time so much it started leaking and poking out into the real world and so then people would be like walking down a street and they would see like a train coming at them from a you know from a, a railway that hadn't been activated in hundreds of years or Ghost- whatever. It was really cool. And I feel like if something like that happens, we know that Alexander, they're rewinding time inside Alexander to make it like we've never even entered, never <laughs> destroyed the core. Nothing's ever happened. But I think that like time pockets or something is going to start affecting the real world in Squir- such a way that, that it's going to start fucking with, with oh, everyone. Oh God, I hope not. Cause then we're just Squir- going back to wings of the goddess. Square Enix's lore no, no, writers not, watch fringe and say, Oh, we're doing this. <laughs> this is amazing. Wings of, goddess, wings of the goddess. We physically transport our body back in time. This is going to be like, like there's just like basically saying you should never fuck with time because something is going to go so wrong that something rewinds or something gets reversed that then can never be unreversed. Like so, someone important in the storyline is going to be unborn or someone is going to be killed for something that that from from time and we can't undo. Well, my, Mide's Mide's going to be his, gone. His That's, name is Quick Nick's All Thinks, right? Uh, no, it's uh, Quick Thinks All Thoughts. All Thoughts. I. It makes him a little interesting as a villain in a way that like these goblins have not been intimidating at all. That is actually a cool ability. That yeah. kind of makes him interesting. Yeah. Can we talk about but the, the? It's but other like dude. Seriously, outside of that, it's it's boring. Can we talk what about the bigger so issue here? Rewound all the way before the calamity. What would happen? <laughs> the bigger issue here is that Mide's outfit is simply atrocious because it uses <laughs> metallic silver, and then oh. it's just completely immersion breaking for me. It's unacceptable to have really. an NPC oh doing my that. Gosh. That's funny. It's fine when I do it. Only only if we get to go back and replay with uh, 1.0 uh, uh, rules and, and abilities. The interface has to change back, too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, the interface was horrible. All right. Let's, let's, go back, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Lee Fon from Hyperion joining us. Lee, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. 
Ah, well, thanks. Thanks for yeah. There, there you go. English works. Uh, uh, so yeah, what do you? Uh, what would you like to talk about today? Oh uh, well, implications that Heidelin is not good. Okay, but she's the goddess of light. I understand, but the thing that sparked this is you guys remember the uh, art thing we got at the end of the three point two trailer with Heidelin having the uh, thorny vines and wrapping Menthelia. That's right. And it kind of like led me down a train of thought that Heidelin itself could be just a primal version of what's already left. It's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, we do all believe in her much like one would have believed in a like primal. Maybe she was destroyed in the original like Umbral era or the original calamities. And now we're praying to a false god. Yeah. I and like on it. top of that. Yeah, on top of that, some things aren't adding up because during her uh, little monologue as the uh, word of the crystal, she mentions that her and Zodiac were split into 10 and 3. Yeah, 10 and 3. That that stuck However, out to me, but and I didn't understand what that meant. However, if we go back to Louis Soie's, uh diary entry we got on New Year's, yeah, the sea was sundered into 14. Oh. Actually... So I, yeah, there's something missing. Yeah, there's one missing. There still. is one missing. Interesting. Interesting. I would have actually, you know, I don't think I would have ever thought of that passage again unless you had brought that up. That's really fascinating. Huh. I like it. Yeah, that... Post that, for you. Yeah, because I, 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 <laughs> numbers are a pretty big, uh, a, a pretty big importance in Final Fantasy. They always kind of have been. And yeah, you're right. There was there was mention in um, the gay. What is it? The Garun Garun Chronicles, Garun Chronicles, something like that. Um, that uh, yeah, that that they uh, the sea was sundered into fourteen, and then you've got ten and three here. So yeah, there does seem to be so variances is, between the two accounts. So is Heidelin the one that's missing? I don't know. <laughs> Penguin Mint in the chat says localization error confirmed. Thanks for finding it. <laughs> well, it I mean, it would explain Heidelin's repeated failures at trying to stop uh, Zodiac from returning. And it would also explain her difficulties. Like her power is waning as her followers disappear her, as the people who believe in her go away. Yeah, that would that would work. And I mean, Heidelin does meet all the requirements that we've seen for what a primal needs to exist. Right. I don't know. That interesting thought, Lee. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you calling Limit Break Radio. I'm looking forward to when we're so famous that people make primals of us. <laughs> warrior of Light Primal is going to be hype. Maybe we, that's what the Warrior I'm of Darkness is. I'm already an Elder Primal. I don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're already primals right yeah, now. That's right. No. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, Hildebrand, did anyone do Hildebrand? I did. I actually I did. did. I did I did it last night. Yeah, uh, it was quick, but... I mean, it's it's Hildebrand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what you want from Hildebrand. It. You did. I still don't understand Just why so you're they, terrible. They animate Hildebrand's face so weird. It like <laughs> makes me feel so like off. I don't know. Like I can't stand when they animate his lips to a point where they like go inside of his mouth and like stretch. Like for some reason, I feel so nauseated when they do, you, do that with his face that I just want to like run away. Do you remember Super Mario sixty four and how you could like tug his face yes, around at the yeah, opening? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like that's that. what yes. it's like. Oh my god! It is. It, 
bothers so, me so much. So, so here's what I absolutely loved about Hildebrand this time around. And it's that this time around, when the insanity around Hildebrand is happening, your character's no longer confused by it. You're very accepting of yeah. everything that's going on. And now they have the new character who's there to fill that role of, what am I looking at that you fulfilled in 2.0? Yes. Hildebrand. Yeah. And yeah, your character's just like, just go with it. It's It, it was good. I, I mean, it, it got some, it got a couple of chuckles out of me. I thought it was well animated. Uh, the part with Gobbert that was uh, just I, great. I, I said, the colder it got, the less clothes he had on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. When you first see him, he's in like a big coat and then he's in like regular clothes and then he's naked and we're like, what? what? It's, it's funny. I, they did a good, they did a good job. I'm glad to see. <laughs> I love that the that seer, the new head of the Inquisition, is the trainee of the guy from the vault. Yeah. That is hysterical to me because he's just trying to be him and he sucks at I it. I know. And then, uh, it, the you know, the other thing, too, is I actually ended up doing both the Scholasticate quest and Hildebrand last night. Um, and I sort of feel like, like they're actually going to be like... They, Converging? That they, yeah, at some point they're going to meet in the middle and then it's going to be one, one line. I, I've yeah. had this weird feeling for a long time that Hildebrand is blessed of the Echo. I feel like he is. No, I, I feel like it's the only reason he survives the ridiculous shit that he does and you know, is always in the right dead. place at the right time. I feel like he might be blessed of the Echo and we might find that out at some point. How else would he not be dead by now? He, like should, there, exactly. he should have died in the calamity. There's no way he would have survived being like birthed by Godbert were he not blessed of the Echo. Hildebrand can never die. Uh, and that's what the Echo does. And, you know, it respawns you. Yeah. So There you go. He essentially has respawned like four times. <laughs> Just upside down and underground for some reason that's <laughs> yeah. why he doesn't and die Vivi. and vv because vv oh yeah well the yeah gg in there that's yeah. interesting uh i, I like i because i do think that there are some parallels between gg and vv from oh, absolutely from like 100 so i'm wondering i'm wondering if if they'll end up getting an if he'll end up getting a name change but that was well, kind of cool because like his his his, his amnesia yeah. and the fact that he looks exactly like vv with just like robot legs exactly he's if, a you know he's an automaton version of vv right if this is the next cross over to a different Final Fantasy game. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> the evidence is mounting. Jeez. All right, let's move on into emails. Thank you guys for all your calls. Vath, you can't ignore the Vath Deft Arm, guys. We talked about the Vath. That's the only thing we did talk about last week. Yeah, last... Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about the story. He just wants to be an adventurer. Yay. Ex- okay, except thanks for the discussion. Except you're, you're running drugs and making booze and... <laughs> I mean, what do you think adventurers do, bro? I think, I think bro? it's cool that the Vath have separated themselves so far from the One Mind that they've created their own adventurers guild and are actually becoming adventurers. I think it's clever and it's really cute and it's the best. It's the most like invested in a beast fan storyline that I have. Been. I I, th- I actually like that it's addressing some of the quote unquote seedier aspects of Eorzea. Like you know, what do people smoke when they want to relax? <laughs> or or what is the best kind of wine? You know, like you were right though. We're answering really. I mean, it, like honestly, it makes the it fleshes out the world a little bit. This is a world where a calamity happened. There should be some shittiness. Yeah, in it. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So I love that that's what you guys pick out of the story. <laughs> well, yeah, the important part. Yeah, the good things. Uh, There's a lot of lore that you kind of see the different, like how the one mind calls to the Vath that are trying to break away, and like I thought that that was a lot more context to the the Vath and the Nath than we've ever had before, which is really cool. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so uh, let's read a couple of emails here. Uh, Juxta, why don't you take the first one since it's nice and short? 
Hey guys, still loving the show. I don't want to go on a rant, so I'll keep it brief. With the FFFL going strong, I want to see what you guys have to say about starting a an FFWL, Final Fantasy Waifu League. Oh, God. I want to know which FF uh, character you five, uh, seven, if you want to let Kuki and Pops in on this, would claim as your waifu. I am preemptively claiming Stella Cher as my waifu because she is the best waifu. Keep it up. Uh, still loving the show after all them episodes. Uh, X-Fon cast of uh, Fairy Server. Thank you. P.S. Your waifu is shit. Uh, I have too many waifus I can't pick. I'm going to go ahead and uh, draft my waifu. Uh, good donor to the show. So that's my pick. <laughs> Who? Uh, what? My you got to pick a, fi- you gotta pick a fan- Final Fantasy character, moron. Oh, you dumb shit. God damn. I have too many. We're not actually doing this, are we? Go. I'm waiting oh on you. I'm not first draft. I did this last time. Someone else can handle this draft. Oh, fucking Christ. Jesus. I have like four waifus, though. You got to pick one, Nika. You no, don't get four. I can't do it. You got to pick one. Riku, for sure, for me. Riku. I'm really? Taking, I'm taking yeah. Tifa. Riku? Why Riku? Uh, I, like, it's the skirt. So, we so know like, it's the skirt. Just shy, say it's the skirt. No. Underage. It, it, <laughs> She's not underage, but she's her personality is very childish, which is not what I would expect for you, Nero. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it, the, the, it has to, it has to do with with someone who's cosplayed as Riku. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. I say, it's the skirt. It, it's yeah. Skirt, yeah, skirt has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Give uh-huh. me Garnet. She's the only one I one of the few Final Fantasy women I actually really cared about. Garnet. Yeah. Really? Give me Garnet. 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 No, it's not Garnet. God, <laughs> asshole. Garnet. Garnet till Alejandro. Come on. Uh, all right, let's let's pick it up. Juxta, who who? What about uh, you? Said Tifa, right? Yeah, I picked okay, Tifa, Tifa, bro. Uh, Nika, come big on. boobs. Uh, come on, Nika. I'm gonna go Lilisette because I have to. Okay, Lilith. Out of <laughs> out of all, have too many. Okay, Lilisette and Yusail are, are both my my waifus as lo- as well as um, Ferris from FF5. So so who are you drafting? Who's who do we get to yeah, inform we gotta, that you, you, you skip them? Really. Lily, okay, it's a little set. All right, a little set's not bad. All right, uh, let's uh, take a look at this next email here. Uh, who wants to? Uh, I got it. All right, Jesus. Greetings, LBR crew. I know how strongly you guys feel about Stone Sky and Sea, so I know this will be a tough sell. But these are my feelings on the matter. Stone Sky and Sea contains uh, contains serves as a DPS fundamentals test. Its purpose is not to let you practice mechanics or tell you if you can win. Rather, it serves as a time-saving sanity check for players curious about moving up to the next tier of content on a specific job. It's like a pickup line for raiding. Don't Doing well doesn't mean you're home free, but if you bomb this, forget about it and go work on your shit. Here's an example. Let's say I'm an I-180 Dragoon who forgets to use his level 4 combo skill 10% of the time. So Blood of the Dragon is up most, but not all of the time. Pretty good uh, player, but not world first caliber. Let's say I want to uh, want the mount from Alex for Savage. I exceed the minimum eye level requirement of 170 by 10, but maybe that's not enough to cover my small skill gap. I have a couple of options. Number one, the Callow method. Fuck it, just zone in and try it. <laughs> Sounds legit. There. <laughs> we play for 85 minutes and consistently hit in rage because my DPS just isn't quite high enough. I still get something out of it because I'm learning the fight, but let's assume everyone else knows it cold. I just wasted 90 minutes for seven people. Number two, the Nero method. DPS parser, bitches. 
Okay, I get to my FC house dummy and get 1,100 DPS. All right, great. Um, is that enough for A4S? I don't know. How do I find out? Okay, well, here I go to Google. Uh, well, this drone clears it, but he's doing 1,200 DPS at Y175. Does that mean my DPS is too low, or is this just higher than what you need? This guy is doing 1,100, but he's a bard, so it's not necessarily a good number for me. God damn it. I spent 30 minutes Googling shit. Fuck it. Callow method. <laughs> number three, the Yoshi P method. I spend 10 minutes trying Alex 4, Savage, Stone, Sky, and C. I can't meet the DPS check, so I opt to wait until I'm a little more gear before I try it. So much time saved. Strictly speaking, I don't think the feature is worthless. Is the benefit minimal? Yeah, that's fair. It's not great. I think it would be much better paired with some uh, with some adventurer licenses. That's from Torpool, Rather Dashing of Balmung, and P.S. Hi, Kooky. Oh, well, that's a different one. That is a... I, and actually, I think that's a, a somewhat fair point. Um, I, yes, I, I mean, I get, I get what Torquil is saying in his email. Uh, my, I think my point was more towards, uh, the amount, like the amount of development that was put into it. Yeah. Like how much it, it was, it was like an entire quarter of this patch. <laughs> It, yeah. it just like Lords of Verminion was, right? And 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 I think the the criticism of this is the same as Lords of Verminion. That not that it doesn't belong in the game, but this is some shit that should have come out with like three point right like that's some quality of life shit don't don't sit square enix don't sit here and pass that shit off to me as a main feature of your fucking patch that's a footnote at best does not deserve a screenshot doesn't deserve doesn't deserve time in your goddamn trailer does it deserve a a cutscene it's a quality of life adjustment so treat it as a quality of life adjustment don't sell it to me as a main selling point of your fucking patch because that's where I go. No, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. You can't you can't fucking sell that to me as if I'm the fucking main main audience for that. And you can't sell it like it's a main feature of your patch. And then leave out fucking PVP. <laughs> God, what the fuck, man? I mean, that's that's not like I it's it's not saying that it's worthless it's not worthless every addition to the game is worthwhile in one way or another except for minion but if they put iCam as a a centralized feature of this patch like this is the reason you're I'm selling you on this patch it's got the iCam people would look at that and go what yeah there'd be four podcasts that's not a feature that's a footnote there'd be four podcasts like well that's hype and then everyone else would be like fuck that I mean, I, I can't be the only one that 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 feels like that. I no, mean, you're right. It's it's um, it is there for like what what he's saying. It makes sense, but at that point, couldn't you just have like I don't know, I don't know. It's good addition. I, I'm sorry. No, it's, just add more shit. Add. I mean, you know, if you want to put that in, I just I can't I can't imagine that it took that much development time to put in. But they're selling it as if, oh, this took a good quarter of our time. You know that extra seven weeks that we had? It was to develop this. If it's going to be a main feature, it has to do more. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. At least give us fucking achievements for it, man. I, I, it's, but it, it, you, you, like, it, they sold it as, as if it was the next raid or something. Like, that's what kind of, that's what kind of exposition it got in the trailer, on the website. And it's fucking, it, it's not... It's not good. Most players don't need this. Anyway. Yep. All right. 
Thank you for the email. We appreciate uh, all of your emails, uh, but uh, thank you, Torquil. Uh, and uh, we'll take this uh, last email here. Uh, hey, Limit Break Radio hosts and intern, I want to thank you for such entertaining content. Good job, Nero, for not cracking under the pressure and not changing to a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry. Yeah, good job, man. Uh, they should stick you in Stone Sky C because obviously their DPS wasn't good enough to break you. Uh, now for something I like to call Drunk Uncle Chrono's lore. Today's story is about the origin of Lollifels. What Ew. most people don't know is that all Rogadin are born male. When Rogadin go through puberty, that, that is when they learn uh, what their future sex will be. When a female Rogadin goes through puberty, she finds a nice fertile soil and two days, two days her dick and balls fall off to the ground. After about a month, that Rogadin's penis sprouts into brand new Lollifel. So literally all Lollifels are dicks, and that's why Juxta is always picking on Nika, because he has mommy issues. <laughs> Join me next time on Drunk Uncle Chrono's Lore, uh, where we find out why Mikote were uh, kicked out of the Khajiit homeland for being too weeaboo. Uh, much love and respect, <laughs> Chrono Sage on Diabolo. Thank you, Chrono. Oh, my God. I, that's wow. a, I like that email. That, Drunk Uncle Chrono. Uh, that's a great that's I could totally see like a drunk uncle in this game coming up with shit like that. That's totally. a, I think that's a fantastic. Uh, I think that's a fantastic headcanon. I want to roll with that. Yeah, Jux, tell us about the mommy issues. <laughs> I'm speechless. I didn't sprout Juxta from my dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I know my he's dick not would saying never that turn he, into something as horrible. He's as not that. saying that. He's just saying that because you're a rogue, in Juxta's projecting no, that I know, onto you. I know, but I'm saying that that he no. <laughs> but I'm not even a Lalafell. You, that, you were. You were. That's because I drank a potion, not because I sprang from Nika's dick. Okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Good theory, though. That, uh, that can be where Papa Buddy came from. This is like the story of Persephone. This is getting weird. It is getting weird. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, did you guys see I got my relic? Congrats. Yay! Yay. I got, it. I got my relic as a thing, guys. Yeah. And we still don't, you know, have to wait until the next Welcome to last year. update, so... Uh, so that's, I think, going to be it for uh, Limit Break Radio for this week. Thank you guys so much for all of your calls, your emails, uh, your chatting, and you guys putting up with all of the technical problems that we've been putting up with today. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, okay, I, I, let's. I sort of I, I, let's let's try to let's let's reassess here. Okay, we've had an hour and five minutes worth of uptime. <laughs> on on the stream, it's been are, an hour. Are we, are we touting that as good? It's been an hour and five minutes since our last internet hiccup. Yeah. Do okay. we do we roll the dice this week and try to put out an FEC, or do we do back to back FECs next week and the week following? We would have Callow back. We would have Callow back if we push it back a week. I can't say from my end. Ever since like the second hiccup, you guys have occasionally sound like digital robots. Yeah, it seems like that seems like a big dice roll. Yeah, yeah. With, well, we with have the current situation, our, our new segment has like five trailers that we're showing. In exactly. It. Yeah, the the new segment has like five trailers. Uh, Nika's camera would have to stay stable. I feel like there's just too many things that could possibly go wrong. 
too many variables with how it's going today. Like if we didn't have, I, the, I've got, I've got a, I've got a technician that's coming out on Wednesday to come look at this. I've never felt so bad for a technician in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, awkward. Oh, it, it's uh, the the thing. Should we just call a police officer? To, the, <laughs> the thing about me and Comcast is that I am not shy about completely tearing into them because I have an expectation of what my service should be. Yeah. I've, I've been. Uh, uh, you know, I've been a customer of a good internet service provider in the past. Who? I, uh, Charter. I never had oh. one problem the entire five years that I was on Charter. I would have the occasional reasonable internet blink that it would it would go down and it would be like, oh, somebody hit a pole. <laughs> you know, and and they and you'd call them, and that's what they would tell you. They'd be like, "Oh, somebody in Clare County hit a pole. We've got someone to go fix it right now." Comcast is such a goddamn behemoth; they can't tell whether they're coming or going, and they can't even properly schedule someone to come out to your house when they're supposed to. Okay, so my expectation for Comcast is like at least be as good as the company that's half your size and providing double your service. But why they're half our size? They can't compete with us because that's my expectation for my internet service. I mean, I live in a major, major metropolitan area. You know what I mean? Like this, this should be, this should be very simple to figure out either what's going wrong currently or how to fix it. It should not be like, I have to deal with fucking internet blinks here all the time, all the time. I'm just I'm I'm lucky that it doesn't happen when I'm streaming more often. I'm lucky that it doesn't happen on Sundays more often. But it's been a gigantic fucking problem. And so I just I feel like there's too many variables to be able to do final encounter tonight. I really do. I really want to do it because there's a lot of shit that I really want to talk about. Yeah, some of our news articles are going to make for good conversation. Mistwalker is ma- they're making a new fucking game. I could do an hour on that alone. Yeah. Please. On how just excited I am for that shit. Please don't. <laughs> what does Mistwalker wait make? Uh, they made Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey. It's um, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the guy who made uh, basically Final Fantasies one through ten. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, it's his company, right. mm-hmm. and uh, they're partnering up with the guys who made Breath of the Default for a game. Which means that they have a, they have yeah yeah Sil- oh, Sil- okay. Silicon Era yeah right. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that insanely <laughs> exciting? What was the company that was like making a Final Fantasy Tactics game that like went under? under oh, that was that was a Kickstarter. That was that was a Kickstarter. They they they're having trouble developing it. Is that the unsung story thing? It is. We have an update on that. In we our news do. Too. We do. And unfortunately, I guess I just, the unsung story is going to remain unsung. <laughs> it seems like it. I need a rim shot. Drop. Thank you. <laughs> Drop. Thank you. I, I, like, I like how it just stops after rim shot. <laughs> As we both like kind of glanced at him, like, please mean drop. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, all yeah, right. I think uh, I think we maybe push back a week I th- on this. I think we have to. Yeah. I think we have to. It's you know with, I, I, and my concern is the cameras. You know, like if yeah, when something goes down, then it's going to be a pain in the ass to bring it back up. Especially it's going to take it's 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 not as easy as Limit Break Radio, right. where we can just leave it alone and let it come back. Right. If Nika's camera goes down, we have to recrop all of that and resize all of the scenes. If uh, not it, to mention when our OBS crashes, our cams have a way of not coming back up. That too. <laughs> like yeah. we've we've dealt with that where we've had to close out OBS and then we couldn't get the cameras to work in the studio again. <laughs> 
And I, I see, dude, I see people in the chat. I see Zenoria doing, he's saying, just do it. Chrono, please do. Uh, I, I really would. I really, really would uh, love to uh, to do FEC today. I just, I, I, I also want it to be good. I also don't want it to be a, a total shit show where things are breaking the entire time. Maybe we yeah. could do some streaming instead. I think, I think maybe some streaming is in order tonight. Yeah. We're going to stream to make up for it. So guys stick around. Um, I probably will not be streaming You're given your be, internet, given my internet yeah. issues, but I will try to hop on and, uh, and, and hang out with whoever is streaming. You guys need to do an out of context segment once a month for when Jackson needs his rim shot drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Laro, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I hate doing this. I hate rescheduling things. Yeah. I hate, like, once I set it, I'm like, that's when we're doing, we're doing it. it yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm sick. I'll, Feast I'll or famine. Force myself to do it. Snow or sleet. Well, that's like before we had our first cutoff, I was trying to say near the beginning of the show, like having you on like the host chat when you're worried that a show's not going to go down is terrifying because you lose your shit. <laughs> I over really stuff do. Like that. I, I really, I really take it very personally. We sit here thinking like, He's a pretty like stable guy, but I'm gonna keep an eye on the news to see if someone went on a gun rampage because this might be the one. Uh, no, I, you know, I just, I, I just don't, I don't want to risk it because, yeah, you know what? I, I feel like this show went really, really well despite the couple of technical hiccups. But LBR is more designed to do well. And and if we and if we hop over to FEC and it doesn't go well it's going to just leave me with a like it's going to sour my mood for the rest of the day yeah I think uh, I think we push back a week I think we and then we'll to. just like because this would have been the last episode before we go weekly right that's right so next week will effectively be us going weekly then am I correct well it would be actually hang on because I, we would go the week after too. no no we would we would if we go live on the 13th we'd be we would skip the 20th and then go live the 27th weekly because it's always been the 27th when we were planning on going okay. weekly so yeah all right yeah i think that's what we gotta do i think it is and you can get the we'll get the internet figured out and we'll uh yeah we'll do some streaming tonight to make up for it and plus kyle really was Sad that he was going to miss FEC, too. Oh, was he? Kind of, yeah. Oh, that sucks. So, okay, all right. Given all of those things, I think we're going to have to put a pin in Final Encounter Cast for tonight. This is bullshit. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, I, I really hate doing this. I'm glad that we were able to get LBR out. Yes. Even even though we, you know, there were potential problems. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to to shore this up because i was when i last night i had sent out a bunch of tweets that said well we may have to cancel the show tomorrow because uh you know i lost internet and uh you know i was i was just beside myself last night thinking that we were gonna have to cancel both lbr and fec uh so I, i you know half that's not bad at least we got at least we got lbr out so. right and yeah and, and it, like despite a couple internet hiccups it went well so yeah yep 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 uh refresh is wednesday mornings at 10 assuming that my internet hiccups have been resolved by then we will uh have our next live episode of refresh wednesday at 10 over at twitch.tv slash final encounter cast uh there will not be a post show tonight since uh pops is sick unless one of us wants to volunteer I was thinking we'd probably jet so we can get home and stream. 
Yeah. And not interrupt the, not have to make them wait around for too long. Like Nika can take it for a while until we're able mm-hmm. to get home. But I can. Right. Yeah. So if she's just going to take the stream and, and do that while we're off doing, getting home, we can just do that. Right. So. Still going to do a green room, though, right? Yeah, we are going to do a green room. So uh, for those that like the post-show green room separation, we're going to combine it into a single video uh, one more time uh, because uh, Pops isn't here to to be able to uh, conduct the show. Uh, so, yeah, but we do want to thank Kuki for all of her hard work uh, getting callers over to us and uh, also for tallying all of the uh, potato din hashtags. Yeah. That's a lot. Pretty impressive, I got to say. Uh, so uh, before we go, uh, Callie, uh, Scalia, why don't you uh, talk about uh, uh, You Are Not Alone? Yes, it is coming up this Friday, March 11th at 5 p.m. Uh, You're Not Alone is going to be a charity stream for Transgender Michigan, and you can find out more about them at transgendermichigan.org. But kind of the highlights, their biggest thing that they do is they provide a, a call-in helpline that people from all over the world have used, uh, that if you're going through transgender or any kind of gender issues, you can call in, get advice, seek help, find resources in your area. They partner with uh, other groups all across across the country to provide all kinds of resources and, and uh, help uh, tools for people who are going through uh, issues with gender. Uh, I actually got the trailer up. I think we showed it before the beginning of the show. We sure and, did. Uh, I'm really pleased that how that came out. I want to send a big, huge thank you to Malky Thera who provided me the graphics on that. Uh, they looked outstanding and I'm, I'm very happy with how that came out. That's happening uh, this Friday at 5 p.m. We're going to be playing Final Fantasy IX start to finish one sitting. I'm also planning on doing all the Chocobo Hot and Cold stuff because I fucking love that minigame. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. We've got some stretch goals laid out. I'm still looking for suggestions for the last couple ones. At a thousand dollars, I'm getting my arms waxed live during the event, and at fifteen hundred dollars, I'm gonna get my hair dyed. Uh, but I'm still looking for a suggestion for a stretch goal at five hundred dollars and one for twenty one hundred dollars and twelve cents, which is what we raised at Seeds of Acceptance, and that is my goal to break. There we go. So I hope everyone will be here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio this Friday, five o'clock. And uh I've, one thing that's been really cool about this is before Seeds of Acceptance, people sent me lots of messages saying, you know, what can I do to help? Uh, things like that. This time I'm getting lots of different feedback of people like wanting to do stuff along with it. Like Thor Carson. Uh, made a pledge on Twitter to go as long as I go. He's going to stay up with the stream as long as I stay up. Oh, wow. Which I thought was a really cool pledge. So if you want to go ahead and make that pledge, like I encourage you, like stay up with me. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to keep it going all night. Uh, and yeah, uh, that was a really cool. He just literally pledged. Adescalia, I'll stay up as long as he does. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing. You guys have got to keep the chat engaging. I mean, twenty four hours is a. Uh, I mean, that's 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 tough, man. I can't carry the conversation for twenty four hours. That's right. That's yeah. right. So uh, we'd love it if you uh, if you made time, stop by, said hi. Uh, if you've got a little extra rolling around in your yep. piggy bank, uh, toss it in for uh, uh, for. Um, you are not alone, yep. and uh, and it's for and a wonderful it, cause it is. It goes to a great cause, and uh, you know we we talk a lot about a lot of different things. I mean, a couple of people were like, they, they came to me and they were like, oh, so isn't it weird that you like spent like uh, 10, 20 minutes bagging on uh, transgender people on your one show, and then you're doing a charity for transgender uh. rights? Like, come on! If you really <laughs> like, if you can't, if you if you can't understand what what's happening when we have conversations like that like you can have like you can have difficult conversations and people admitting that like oh i don't know what's up with this without being a 
bigoted asshole. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, we want to help people, you know, like yeah. whether whether it's our, uh, you know, our efforts through extra life, whether it's our efforts through you are not alone or seeds of acceptance. Uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that Limit Break Radio is used to, to spread some positivity as well. And I get that. We tell jokes. We tell a lot of jokes. Oh, yeah. we, t- we, we, we make fun of everything. There is nothing sacred. We make fun of the things that we find sacred to ourselves. It was a joke, you bitch. <laughs> and we have difficult conversations. Yeah. And I think that's what people appreciate about this show. It's real conversations stripped down to, to you know, to, to, to get rid of all of the, 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 you know, oh, you can't say that kind of kind of shit. We break down those barriers and we have real conversations and then we come back and we we try to do uh, the right thing. Yeah. And it's not 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 for feeling bad about having the conversation, but because this is an organization and a cause that is worth supporting. Yep. And I mean, I don't know, like I would pull back the wool a little bit here. I don't even know if you'd want me to share this, but like. It should be pointed out because some people, like you say, they mentioned like, wow, you guys really went at that. And like, we're, like, how did you feel about that? And I wanted to point out that before we went on the air for that show in something we don't often do, you pulled me aside and asked me if I was comfortable about talking about that uh, talking point, which we don't do often. Right. Uh, and and I, I thought that was really cool of you, first of all. And that's, thank you for that's, that. That's the necessary thing that you have to do behind the scenes yes. f- to, to prevent being an asshole right i i mean i feel like if i brought it up without telling you or without kind of giving you a bit of a warning that would that may have been an asshole thing yeah for me to do no you, um, you because i didn't right. want i don't want to put you on the spot right you know and and so it doesn't come from a place of like of like oh i'm so weirded out by this i just want to talk about it right. or like a place of of ignorance or uh uh you know a, a a place of like malice or 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 anything like that it comes from a desire to want to have a genuine conversation about things and about people in a real meaningful way without having to choose your language so carefully to not offend anyone right you don't have to always be pc about it that's right yeah there is you can have the conversation without offending people i feel like or like nothing that we should said should offend anybody i don't i don't think it really did but i don't know i thought i thought what we had was a was a real conversation and it brought some light on a real issue and i mean now here i am like i sat there thinking about that like oh god i'm two weeks out from a charity stream and we're doing this bit now on the air but right uh you know at the end of the day we're trying to help a good cause um and it's something i seeds of acceptance is far and away the best thing i've ever done in my life by my recognition right like, it's the thing i look back on the most fondly and i'm looking forward to maybe supplanting that with you're not alone but these are the moments where i feel like i can do something to help people that go through something similar to what i go through right on a much grander scale than i do i have no illusions that i have gone through the shit that nearly as many people like i am in like the top 10 percentile in ease of having to deal with this my family did not disown me my friends stuck with me those two things alone you were never out on the street i was never out on the street those two things alone put me in such a far easier category than so many people so if i can do anything to help some people out there who deal with it in a much worse way than i have who are having a much harder transition yeah then it's worth it 
And that's like, like I said to Malky Thera, like whether we raise $10,000 or $10, it's worth it to get on the air and try and spread the word a little bit. So if you're out there and even if you can't make a donation, I encourage you to be there. Contribute in the chat. Make it fun. You're helping that way. Well, it's, you know, it's just like uh, when we we spent uh, uh, one episode talking about uh um, PBS game show and right. uh, uh, they did a video on uh, you know what is pain in video games and uh, should video games be painful and there was a comment in our YouTube section that said I'm really surprised that, y- that, that this guy is just a SJW mouthpiece and I would be and I'm really surprised that you're giving him the time of day sure. and my response was I don't have to agree with literally everything that uh, that someone says to think that they make a good point. Sure. I thought that video had merit good. and I thought it added to the discussion and that's why we watched it. It wasn't it wasn't an endorsement of that guy or everything that he's ever made. I am a big fan of his videos. Mm-hmm. I like his videos, but I also do understand the criticism that he is a bit of an SJW mouthpiece. He is. He, he gets on that shit sometimes. But that doesn't preclude me from respecting, you know, like I can disagree with someone and still respect the point that they're trying to make. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's that's what's that's what's happening here. I don't even disagree. I don't disagree with any of the, uh, you know, the. Uh, um, any of the trans discussions that we've had or anyone that chooses to be trans or anything like that. I've never, ever expressed any kind of personal problem or, uh, you know, I've never even been weirded out by it. Yeah. But, um, you know, just to, to hear how hear people's reactions to that, uh, to, to that conversation that we had on Final Encounter. One person was called very transphobic. Yes. Which was hysterical as I'm saying, like, boy, do we have bad news for you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I bizarre it Any, was bizarre anyway uh so yes guys uh join us for you're not alone that's coming up this friday uh please hang out with Escalia, keep them company uh and uh give to a good cause we'd really like this to be bigger than seeds of acceptance and uh that can only be done with your guys's help so tune in on friday for you're not alone and uh we'll we'll thank you and uh in terms of coming up uh, with uh you know we we talk about fundraising you know usually when we plan stuff like this we plan it very carefully so that you know the bet and you are not alone aren't overlapping right originally you're not alone was going to be a november event but we had the bet coming up and i didn't want to do it right so so just to give you an idea uh, you know the bet has concluded we uh, the patreon is always uh, you know omnipresent like yes. if you want to support limit break radio obviously the best way to do that patreon. is at patreon and and you know for that you get you know you get some things in return however our next fundraising effort after you're not alone is going to be to fatten up our wallets for fan fest and to get ready for fan fest now of what you guys have already given to Patreon, we have more than $2,000 set aside for our travel expenses. Yep. So it's not like we haven't been saving and setting aside for this already. Yep. But what we're going to what we're looking at doing, what we're exploring at the moment, I might even kiss a dude. Really, Juxta? <laughs> no, you're talking. That's what you said. Oh. What we're exploring at, at this at this very moment is trying to uh, come up with an event bigger than the after party. Yep. Possibly involving Susan Calloway. <laughs> Possibly. 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 Mm-hmm. And if we can, if we, it, like, 
if we can actually get a bit of a budget like i've got an idea i've got an idea rolling around in this old dome here and every once in a while those ideas are really awesome <laughs> not, all time. Time. <laughs> not all the time not all the time Every once in a while, they're really awesome. And Barely. So, and so, if I can get everyone on the same page, hopefully I can, we want to plan on something big. So, if it, it, we'll have more info about that in the future, but just know that any fundraising efforts that we have after You're Not Alone are pretty much going to be centered on FanFest, yep. what we can do at FanFest. We've pretty much got the money to make sure that most of us, most all of the crew gets out to FanFest. Yep. It's at this point, we want to do something cool for you guys. Yep. We want to do something cool for the fans. And so uh, we're, we're, we've got some plans. We've got some machinations in work. Okay, so get really excited. And get super excited also about Alamo City because that comes two weeks after FanFest and that is another massive announcement. So uh, you guys uh, be excited for that because that's what we've got going on in the future here at Limit Break Radio. All right, that's going to do it here for us this week. Thank you guys for hanging out. All uh, 200 of you that have still held on uh, past the uh, point that we said we were going to wrap it up. But uh, (laughs) thank thank you guys for hanging out and uh, and for tuning in here at Limit Break Radio and, uh, uh, you know, muscling through all of our uh, technical problems, uh, we apologize for those. It's nothing that we could have uh, that we could have had any control over. We apologize for canceling Final Encountercast this week. We will be back next week with uh, episode number 10 of Final Encountercast. And if you'd like to listen to Final Encountercast, you can do that at FinalEncounterCast.com. LimitBreakRadio.com is our website. Facebook.com slash LimitBreakRadio at LimitBreakRadio on Twitter and uh, patreon.com slash limit break radio to support the show for juxtaposition Nika Kayanian Escalia Rayamasa and kooky persona answering them phones I'm a Nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Juxtaposition, Escalia Rayumasa, and Aniro Grigori. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexid, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwind, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Yeah.